beautiful spring day i hate you it literally snowed last night there's snow everywhere this is the first snowfall so i'm like <laughs> i thought we were gonna get away with this winter with no snow but i guess not God. my mom said there's snow at their place too that sucks summer you will be in a much more pleasant position than we will be in so oh yeah it gets hot down there right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah humid as fuck dude you just walk outside and your glasses just fog up you know it's beautiful out today. I really hope that by the time this comes out, everywhere else is having the gorgeous weather we're having this morning. It's like 65 and sunny. Um, I was getting my tomatoes in order in the greenhouse, getting my hands a little dirty. Nice. I wish I could say the same, but here it is. That's so fucking crazy. Were they calling for it or was it a surprise? I feel like it was a surprise. I haven't been checking the weather, so it could have been predicted, but I don't know. I'm, I'm oblivious. I don't know. I just was about to leave work yesterday, and my bosses were like, hey, it's snowing outside. And I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, my God. And I was like, okay. But it was just like it was just like light dust at the time, but by the time I got home, it like started coming down heavy, and then by the time I went to bed, there was like a full sheet of snow on the ground. It's nuts. We're going into March here, y'all, while, this, while we're recording this. That's insane. It's, it snows in New Jersey till April sometimes, sometimes even May. Ugh. Yeah. I was in Massachusetts once and it was snowing like mid-April. I was like, what in the, what in the random? What in the random? Exactly. <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's how it be up here. What in the Narnia? I love that movie. Dude, I've never seen it or read the books. Oh my God. I know, oh, man. I'm sorry. When me and my brother were little, my dad built us a tree house in our backyard. Or not a tree house. We didn't have any trees. It was a clubhouse. But he built it like on a platform. We used to just like play in that thing. And we had like a whole field of woods behind us. Nobody lived behind us at that time. We would just like run through the woods like pretending we were in Narnia. I love that. Yeah. Mr. Tumnus in that movie was always my favorite. The little pan goat fox guy. Uh -huh, uh -huh. He's cute. Uh, I was going to say Ewan McGregor. No, the other Scottish James, guy. James, James McAvoy. McAvoy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so cute. It is cute. I, I, had, I don't know. He kind of looks like Aaron to me, my husband. Oh, <laughs> really? Just a little bit because he's got like big blue eyes and he's got like, oh, right, I right. don't know. Yeah. Wasn't he in Boondock Saints? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Oh, no, that was Norman Reedus oh, yeah. and somebody else. Yeah. Neither of them were Irish. Actually, the one guy was, wasn't he? I don't know. But Norman Reedus, definitely not Irish. <laughs> Daryl. Just think of Daryl. <laughs> he was in that movie um, Chalk? No. Salt? Sugar? <laughs> Hold on. Powder. Powder. Sean Patrick Flannery. Okay. Definitely Irish. Okay. But he played this like albino boy. I remember. Um, who witnesses a murder and I think it's framed for it. I remember that movie. 1995. Yeah, wow. I remember that. I was trying to think of the one that James McAvoy was in where he plays that, uh, where he's like, I'm Patricia. He has like the split personality. He's a serial killer. Yeah. He has like multiple personalities. Yeah. yeah. Split. 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 Yeah. 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 That looked really interesting. It's very interesting. I've seen it once, like, ages ago when it first came out. I don't remember much about it. I just remember he was like, I'm Patricia. 
I've only seen the scene where he's talking like to the therapist, like probably one of many sessions, but uh-huh. he's like, who am I talking to? And he says somebody, she's like, I don't think that's who I'm talking to. Who am I? Like, was it Patricia? Probably Patricia. <laughs> I'm Patricia. Right. <laughs> anyway. Guys, you're in for um an episode. We're going to put a timestamp on where the actual lilac information starts. Today, we're going to be talking about lilacs, but before then, we have a snack, a treat. I guess Justina's going to take us through something so you're save. you said you were gonna save yours for some another episode i am so bad at holding on to surprises maybe you should tell me now then i can tell you now you're gonna tell me now i think i can tell you now um do you want me to just dive into it or do you want what how do you oh i i don't know if it's the right time this is gonna take like 10 minutes you said yeah i had AI write a practical magic fan fiction in which <laughs> Billy Zane is the love interest. <laughs> it is great. You tell me right now. <laughs> well, tell me your theory. So, okay, guys, um, before we start, we hope everybody's doing great. This comes out, what, end of March? Uh, yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Like that? Uh, I didn't ask how you were doing. I'm so sorry. What? How rude. Oh no, I'm I'm good. Um, a little tired, but you know, I feel like that's always the case these days. Mm-hmm. But what do we say? Justina's always tired, she's always tired, but it's because she gives it 110% everything she does, but you sleep like a mad woman too. I don't know what the balance there is. Well, you know what it is? You know what it is? What? I go to bed late, number one. Number two, when I do try to go to bed, the cats keep me up. Bastards. And then I end up not getting back to like a good solid sleep. Yeah. Probably around three, four, maybe even five in the morning. It depends. That sucks. Yeah. So I have to invest in another auto feeder because Coraline's been waking me up for food in the middle of the night. She used to let me sleep all through the night, but I don't know, for some reason. They can't eat out of the same dish, right? Well, the auto feeder that we, we have two auto feeders right now. One is hers. One we got for Punky, but his, he's able to jailbreak it so he can move the tray so it like comes out so the food comes out mm. bastard we had one that looks like those regular water feeders mm-hmm. you fill it with food and then it has a timer you can set it and also you can program a recorded message oh wow <laughs> like if you want to be like here punky or or here's your food you little shit that's what mine would say <laughs> he's so smart oh my god he's a little i told you he figured out how to open the toaster oven the other mm-hmm. night at six in the morning i hear <laughs> like the little the doors the handle squeaks and i'm like you little fucking shit i knew exactly what it was because it's like it needs to be greased it's just the, like the most obnoxious like squeaking sound and i was like oh did he seriously because th- avi left chicken nuggets in there overnight right. oh man so he was trying to get to the nuggets so i'm like you little bastard so yeah now now he knows how to get into the toaster oven so i gotta watch him with that oh <sighs> God, he's you a got, problem. You child. did pick him up off the streets. You had always had street smarts to begin with. You know that. Know. Avi always reminds me of that. He's like, "That's what you get for bringing home a sewer cat." What the fuck's wrong with you? I was like, "But I love him." Again, he was taught well by the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, we could we we don't have to talk about my stupid cat anymore. He's, we love your stupid cat. He's he's part of the fam. I love my stupid cat too. Do we have any business before you put me in my grave? What oh. the fuck? What do you have? Okay. All right. So. Goops and trivia episode. Okay. Okay. Do you remember? Okay. All right. Let me pull up the timestamp. The timestamp. <laughs> I'll let you hear it. No, I don't want to hear it. Just tell me what I said. No, you have to hear it. Okay. Okay. All right. Was so, I just talking to talk? Because Gemini's do that sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, Stina. All right. Here it is. 
<laughs> when Sally and Gary Hallett are in the motel room, B&B, and she's being interrogated, when the recording of his conversation starts in the motel room, he lists it as March 8th, right? 1998. Yes. So they're not even past the summer solstice at that time, which would be in June. So this goes along with that that summer solstice just not fitting into the timeline of the movie yeah so at that point when they're in gary's hotel and he's talking to the tape recorder that should have put them first week of july if the solstice is on like the 21st yeah i'm yeah. guessing like a couple weeks pass since yeah. they bury jimmy and gary shows up mm-hmm. so that should have put them in like early mid-july at some point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it always blew my mind when he was like March eighth, nineteen ninety eight. I'm like, that is incorrect. <laughs> unless, unless it was almost a year. Unless Jillian had been there almost a year. I don't think it was. A you year. don't think so? Okay. No, I don't think it was a year. Interesting. Okay. Absolutely not. It couldn't have been a year. Why not? Because they bring Jimmy back right on the su- supposedly supposedly on the summer solstice. Yes. The aunts come back with the girls yes then what happens from there and then you see them have phone tree day they have midnight margaritas well before i don't think it was a whole year i mean it maybe i don't know i don't think so but okay just uh, a thought now i'm gonna have to go back and watch and, and like verify see if i can catch anything that proves it wasn't a whole year mm-hmm. i mean it couldn't have been a whole year your face <laughs> yeah i'm thinking my wheels are turning all right we can move on we'll be here for hours Hey, I put forward theories I know. just like you do. I know, but you brought it forward and now I'm here to disprove it. But what did you find? So, are you ready for this? I'm ready. It could not have possibly been a whole year. There's one thing that gives that away. And that one thing is Jillian's bruise. Oh, shit. Jillian's fucking bruise is nice and fresh when Gary comes to town. That's true. And he's like, is that his handiwork? ma'am or something like that right true 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 a man touches me he only does it once yeah she's getting back slapped by a ghost yeah that's correct yeah good catch yeah so it couldn't have been a whole year because that bruise that shiner was nice and fresh so she has that also when she shows up to phone tree day did you notice no i so i would be like oh more talk more talk for the town right 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 um good on continuity for not fucking that one up Mm -hmm. right Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice it in that scene. So when do we see her not have the bruise? Like, does she have that while the like exorcism is still going on? Good question. Because then, like, how like how long typically does a bruise stay? You know, like two right. weeks. Right. Well, the bruise goes through many different spectrums of color before it heals. I wonder if they did that. Yeah. If they did the color. Yeah. Mm. It, it's like <laughs> I only know this because I watched the entire Amber versus Johnny. Depp case and she tried to pass off the makeup palette as like her bruise palette and then they tried to disprove it with colors of like the, the multi-stages of uh bru- yeah. bruising and the colors yeah. that it changes as it heals so it goes from like a deep like blue purple bluish purple and then it turns more yellow as it starts to heal yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that gross green yeah 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 brown yeah so we're gonna have to to go back and look at that another thing for us to just analyze well done yeah well yeah, yeah, done. yeah all right and guys you don't have to leave this all to up to justina either <laughs> to figure out <laughs> i think they might enjoy this but also they don't get the episode you know right, right. as soon as we talk and then there's one other thing okay all 
All right. So also same episode, Goofs and Trivia. The timestamp is I think is 45 minutes and 43 seconds. Was I just not paying attention in this episode, in this recording? No. I mean, this one is very subtle. You probably wouldn't notice if you weren't really paying attention. What you just said sounded like Spice Girls. How, how's that song start? What? What'd I say? No. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Oh, tell me what you want. <laughs> it was the perfect pitch. <laughs> All right. All right. So this one, this one's a little more subtle. Okay. All right. We'll go from here. Aunts don't have the coats when they're walking out. But they're magic. (laughs) They just appear on them. When they touch them, the wool coats just (laughs) materialize. Okay. We'll go with that theory, Christina. That's a good one. I'm Um, just going to say how much of a snack their dad is. Do you uh, see that guy? Who's that actor in that scene when they're on the beach? Also, did his name change from the movie to the book? I don't think they ever said his name. They don't say his name. I wonder what Sally's daughter. So that we're talking about their father, uh, Jillian Sally's father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. What's his name? We were talking about the guy in the beach in the beginning, the father. Yeah. yeah. Um. So in Rules of Magic, page three fifty three, it says the girl's father, Daniel, was a fisherman and a guide on the Russian River. And then in the movie, about twenty seven minutes in, when the aunts are telling Kylie and Antonia about their grandparents, Antonia says. Kylie thinks that any man who marries us is going to croak. And Jet says, oh, that's such hogwash. And then Francis, when Sally's coming in the door, I guess she's getting home from work, Francis can be heard very, like, in the distance saying, what about your grandparents, Jack and Regina? Jack. Jack. In the movie. Uh Uh-huh. Another Titanic tie-in. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did they change his name? Well, Rules of Magic hadn't been, hadn't come out and his name is never mentioned, right? In Practical Magic, oh, the book. You're right. You're right. It was never mentioned. Why did she change his name to Daniel? And it's funny that he was a sailor. The fuck? Yeah, a fisherman on the Russian River. And in the book, Rules of Magic, Regina was a painter whose subject matter was trees. Oh my God. So interesting. How about that? Samuel yes, coming around. Yeah, there you go. I love yep, your yep, sleuthing yep. brain. No, I just, it's constantly, maybe that's why I'm always so fucking tired. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It doesn't stop. Wow. That was so good. So, yeah. Daniel. Just, just thought I'd uh, get to the bottom of that so we could clear that up. He's never mentioned in anything else. The, the father? Yeah. Not as far as I know. I think I did a search on the other books. I don't think he's in the other ones, but I'll Hmm. do another one just to be sure. (laughs) Because he wouldn't show up in magic lessons. Right. Rules of magic would be the only time he shows up in like book of magic. They don't really even talk about. Right. Because he he dies by the end of rules of magic because that's when Sally and Jillian make the transfer over to the aunts. So that's the only real time I guess he would would have been relevant to the story. Yeah. He is so cute. (laughs) you're like he's a snack (laughs) (laughs) he's a snack he's a snack don't tell billy well all right so what do you got for me in the billy zane department i need to hear this fan fiction are you ready i'm ready for this all right so ready oh by the way before we start this did you see us i I put up a poll on our instagram stories like do you guys like the billy zane stuff do you think it's annoying do you think it should just sink with the titanic or do you you want to keep this going and see where it takes us I think one person voted that they think it's annoying. Well, too bad, because everybody else fucking loves it. <laughs> well, too bad. Oh, we love it. I just It just plays perfectly, and it's less than, like, six degrees of separation. Like, he's basically in the movie, like we talked about. So, yeah. 
I asked AI, I said, let's write a practical magic inspired fan fiction where Billy Zane is the love interest. Okay. That's amazing. All right. Buckle in. I'm buckled. Here we go. I'm sure you're going to have comments and questions, so I'll <laughs> I'll stop every now and then. Click, click buckles, go. <sighs> Clicked in. All right. It was a beautiful autumn day in the quaint town of Maria's Island. Wait, wait. Quick question. Did you read this yet? Or is this a surprise for both of us? Uh, I made sure that it was, like, not throwing in any, like, weird extra stuff that doesn't pertain okay. to the film or movie. Okay. All right. So you read it. I've read it. Okay, okay, okay. But it's I haven't read it since I made it, which was, this was probably like, what are we in now? Uh, the, uh, probably December. I made this in like December. Yeah. You wrote this that long ago? Why did you hold this in for this long? Because I thought we were going to do a fan fiction episode. And we are, but it's just taking too long. Okay. <laughs> I want to share it with you because it's so funny. We will do a fan fiction episode. All right. All right. Let okay. me hear this story. It was a beautiful autumn day in the quaint town of Maria's Island, where the leaves were turning golden and the air was crisp and cool. So far, so good. Sally was out for a walk when she saw him, Billy Zane, the <laughs> handsome actor who had just moved to town. A handsome actor. I like how when he's just Billy Zane. He's not even, he doesn't even have a character name. It's just the actor moves to Magnolia Street. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> go on. All right. Sally had always had a bit of a crush on Billy ever since she saw him in that movie where he played the charming pirate. What fucking movie is that? Who knows where that came from? She couldn't believe her luck when she spotted him walking down the street looking dapper in a dark <laughs> suit and fedora. Wait a minute. Do you think it was like pulled from like Titanic because it's on a boat so it just associated that with being, with a, being pirate. a pirate? And he wears fedoras, right? Like, yeah. He's that kind of bro. Oh, yeah. Did you have you seen his, have you seen his Instagram? So handsome. Right, right. Okay. As she watched him approach, Sally's heart began to race. She had always dreamed of meeting her celebrity crush, and she never thought it would actually happen. And now, here he was, right in front of her. Billy caught Sally's eye and smiled, his bright blue eyes twinkling in the sunlight. I don't think he has blue eyes, does he? Hi know. there, he said, tipping his hat. I'm Billy. <laughs> Sally blushed, feeling a sudden surge of magic course through her veins. She had always been... Okay. <laughs> Quick. AI doesn't really get that practical magic is like a movie the movie book okay so it <laughs> inserts like practical magic as like a verb throughout <laughs> this whole story let me hear it how does she it had always been a practical magic user but this was different this was the kind of magic that made her heart skip a beat and set her soul afire on fire ah <laughs> uh, i'm sally she stammered trying to compose herself it's nice to meet you Billy chuckled a warm, rich sound that made Sally's knees weak. The pleasure is... Wait, the pleasure is all mine, he said, taking her by the hand and giving it a gentle squeeze. Aww. AI is working it. Wow. Sally's head was spinning. She knew she had to get out of there before she embarrassed herself any further. I, I have to go, she stammered, turning on her heels and fleeing. But as she ran, Sally knew that this was just the beginning. She had met Billy Zane, the love of her life, <laughs> and she was determined to make it work. Wow. Fuck Michael. Fuck Gary. She was determined to make it work with a little bit of practical magic <laughs> and a whole lot of heart. Aww. Sally was sure she could make her dreams come true. Sally couldn't wait to get home to tell her sister Jillian all about the encounter with Billy. As soon as she walked through the door, she burst into the living room where Jillian was sitting with a cup of tea. Jillian, you'll never guess who I just met, Sally exclaimed, her eyes sparkling with excitement. Jillian looked up from her book, raising an eyebrow. Who? Billy Zane, the actor. <laughs> 
just moved to town and I ran into him on the street. He's so handsome and charming. I can't believe it, Sally gushed. But to Sally's surprise, Jillian's face fell. Oh, Billy? She said, shaking her head. I'm sorry, Sally. I didn't want to have to tell you like this. Wait, wait a minute. But I used to date Billy. Of course she did. Who didn't she date? It didn't work out, but we're still friends. Sally's heart sank. She had never even considered the possibility that Jillian might have a history with Billy. I had no idea, she said, feeling a pang of jealousy. I guess I had just assumed he was available. Jillian reached out and took Sally's hand, giving it a squeeze. I'm sorry, Sal. I know you've had your heart set on him, but don't worry. There are plenty of fish in the sea, and who knows? Maybe Billy is the one for you after all. You never know what can happen with a little bit of practical magic. <laughs> is that the end did it end on that this is not the end this is the middle oh wow okay um what do you have to tell me so far i'm sweating i'm laughing so oh my god you really are (laughs) christina's armpits are 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 so (laughs) i hope this entertains you guys as much as this entertains us we apologize no we don't apologize this is this is hilarious but i'm like where did jillian meet philly zane i want to california maybe yeah maybe but we're going to have to do like an AI generated fan fiction. Like how did Jillian meet Billy Zane? Like how did their romance start? I want to know. I need to know. Yes. I want to know. I need to yes. go down this rabbit hole <laughs> and I need to know like the origins. This can be like an ongoing, ongoing thing. Yeah. Cause there's no, there is a kind of an ending, but it's open, but shall I keep going? Keep going. I'll try to get through this really quick. Sally smiled, feeling a glimmer of hope. Jillian was right. She couldn't give up on her dreams just because of a little setback. With renewed sense of determination, Sally set out to win Billy's heart using all the practical magic at her disposal. (laughs) That evening at the Owens household was bustling with activity as a group of women from the town gathered in the living room for a night of witchcraft. Of course. Sally and Jillian, along with their aunts, Jet and Frances, were well known in the community for their pra- for their practical magic skills. And the women had come to them seeking spells for love, prosperity, and protection. As the women chattered and laughed, the Owen sisters prepared their ingredients and set to work. Sally ground herbs and mixed potions while Jillian carved symbols into a candle and set them to burn. Meanwhile, Aunt Jet was working on a charm to bring luck to local business owners. And Aunt Frances was helping a young woman find her soulmate. Like, this was good. I was like, okay, you yeah, know the yeah. story a little bit. Yeah, that's good. As the night wore on, the living room was filled with the smell of incense and soft glow of candlelight as the Owens women worked their magic. As she mixed and stirred, Stally, Stally, Sally couldn't help but think of Billy. She had been thinking about him all day, and she knew that she needed to find a way to win his heart. She just wasn't sure how. But as she looked around the room at the happy, satisfied faces of the women, Sally knew that she had the power to make her own dreams come true. With a little bit of practical magic and a whole lot of determination, she was sure to find a way to win. Hold on. I'm going to put my note in front of your face because I'm just laughing because you're laughing. (laughs) Um, And a a lot of determination. She was sure she could find a way to be with Billy. As the night came to a close and the women said their goodbyes, Sally couldn't help but feel hopeful and excited for the future. She she knew that with the help of her family and their practical Practical magic, magic. anything was possible. (laughs) The next day, Sally was busy at work at her store, the Verbena Apothecary. As she restocked shelves and chatted with customers, she should, oh, fuck me. She couldn't shake the feeling that something exciting was about to happen. And then, just as she was closing up for the day, she saw him, Billy, walking through the door with a bouquet of flowers in hand. Sally's heart skipped a beat as Billy approached her, his blue eyes twinkling. Again, we don't know about that. 
color eye. We'll have to we'll have to fact check that. Hi, Sally. He said a hint of nervousness in his voice. I just wanted to come by and apologize for not being upfront with you about my past with Jillian. It was wrong of me to keep it from you, and I hope you can forgive me. First off, they just met. <laughs> yeah, they. I don't think they ever had that conversation. Like she didn't give him the time. She just fucking bolted. <laughs> Uh, Sally's heart melted as she looked at Billy, seeing the sincerity in his eyes. Of course I can, she said. A smile spread across her face. I understand, and I'm sorry for running off like that yesterday. I was just a little overwhelmed. Billy chuckled, a warm, rich sound that sent shivers down Sally's spine. I understand, he said, reaching out and taking her by the hand. But I hope you know that I'm really into you, Sally. You're smart, funny, and beautiful. And I think we have a real chance at something special. And then after that, he said, I'm feeling very into sisters right now. (laughs) That's all you need. That Guys, men, Sally's heart skipped a beat again. Okay, all this heart skipping. She needs to go to the doctor. As she looked into Billy's eyes, feeling a surge of magic course through her veins again. She knew in that moment that she found her soulmate and that with a little bit of practical magic and a whole lot of love, they could conquer anything. All right, we're getting to it. We're getting there. Okay, as Sally and Billy began to spend more time together, she couldn't help but feel like there was something mysterious about him, something that he wasn't telling her. It was as if... He had a secret past full of secrets and shadows. <laughs> Sally. <laughs> Ooh. Sally couldn't shake the feeling that Billy was hiding something. And it nagged at her. Even as she tried to push it aside and enjoy their time together, she knew that he had a bit of a reputation as a heartthrob and that he had his fair share of relationships in the past. But there was something deeper, something more sinister oh. lurking just beneath the surface. Oh. As Sally and Billy's relationship deepened, they faced a series of challenges that tested their love and their commitment to each other. First, there was the issue of Billy's mysterious past. Despite her best efforts, Sally couldn't shake the feeling that he was hiding something from her, and it started to drive a wedge between them. Was it the fact that he wasn't actually in the mummy? <laughs> it's not, it's not, the mummy does not play a part in that, but we could meld those worlds together if you would like. Ooh, let's play God. What? I said, let's play God. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. She knew that she had to find a way to get to the bottom of it, no matter how difficult it might be. Then there was the matter of Billy's acting career. He was offered a role in a blockbuster movie that required him to be away for months at a time. And Sally wasn't sure if she could handle the distance. She knew she loved him, but she also knew that she needed him by her side. Finally, there was the threat of dark magic. As they delved deeper into the world of practical magic, Billy and Sally encountered a group of witches. Wait, I didn't, I forgot. I didn't read this part. (laughs) Fuck, there's a group of witches? There's other, wait, wait a minute. Is this meld with Hocus Pocus now? Like, are these worlds gonna collide? Sally and Billy encountered a group of witches who were using their power for evil and they knew they had to stop them. This, I don't remember. But with their relationship on the line, it was hard to know how to balance their love and their duty. Despite these challenges, Sally and Billy refused to give up on each other with the help of their family and magical powers. They were able to overcome every obstacle and their love grew stronger with each passing day. Okay, as the challenges mounted, hold on. (laughs) As the challenges mounted, Sally knew that she had to find a way to uncover Billy's secret no matter what it took. She loved him with all her heart, but she couldn't shake the feeling that something was off and it started to come between them. One night, as she laid in bed, struggling to sleep, Sally had an idea. She would go to the aunts and ask them to help her uncover the truth. They were the most they were the most powerful practical magic users she knew, and she was sure they could help her. The next morning, 
Sally set out to see her aunts, determined to, they're, like, they're not living in the same house, I guess. Yeah. Determined to get to the bottom of things. When she arrived at their house, she <laughs> found them in the living room surrounded by candles and incense. <laughs> aunts, I need your help, yeah. Sally said, her voice urgent. I think Billy is hiding something from me, and I don't know how to find out what it is. Jet and Francis looked at each other, their eyes full of understanding. We suspected as much, Jet said, nodding. We've been sensing a darkness around him, something that doesn't quite add up. Get the bird. <laughs> Get the book. Francis nodded in agreement. We can help you uncover the truth, Sally, she said, but it won't be easy. Are you sure you're ready for what you might find? Sally took a deep breath, stealing herself. Yes, she said firmly. I love Billy and I want to be with him, but I can't do it unless I know the truth. I'm ready to do whatever it takes. With that, the aunt set to work, mixing potions and chanting spells. And Sally watched. She felt a sense of determination and purpose growing within her. She knew that with her, the aunt's help and her own practical magic, she could uncover the <laughs> truth and set things right. All right, we're coming to the end. As the spell took hold, Sally knew, like, I don't, I'm not sure what it's taking hold of. It never says. Sally knew that she was on the right track. With a little bit of magic and a whole lot of heart, she would uncover Billy's secret and bring their love out into the open where it belonged. As the spell reached its climax, Sally felt a surge of magic coursing through her veins. She closed her eyes, focused all her energy on uncovering Billy's secret, and then, in a flash of light, it was revealed. Billy's dark past, his hidden agendas, and the truth about his true identity. It was all laid bare before her. Sally's heart raced as she took in the revelation, her mind spinning with shock and disbelief. She couldn't believe what she was seeing. It was like something out of a movie or a wild dream. But as she looked into Billy's eyes, apparently Billy showed up. <laughs> he just materialized. <laughs> she knew that it was all true. He had been hiding a secret from her, a secret that threatened to tear them apart. But as Sally stood there, her heart full of love and determination, she knew, this is like getting a little redundant here. Yeah, she yeah. Knew that she wouldn't let that happen. And with a little bit of practical magic and a whole lot of heart, she would stand by Billy's side, no matter what the cost. Sally stood before Billy, their hearts heavy with betrayal and heartbreak. She had just discovered his secret, that he was a time jumper. <gasps> To travel through time and space and as she looked at him she realized he had been lying to her all along how could you keep this from me sally asked her voice shaking with emotion how could you not tell me that you were a time jumper and how could you not tell me about rose oh my god oh, holy shit billy looked at sally his blue eyes full of sorrow. I'm sorry, Sally. He said, his, vo his voice choked with tears. I didn't mean to hurt you. I just couldn't bear to tell you the truth. Sally's heart ached as she looked at Billy, seeing the pain and guilt written all over his face. She knew that he had suffered a great deal in this time jumping and had lost the love of his life, Rose, in the sinking of the Titanic. Dude. I understand that you've been through a lot, Sally said, her voice softening. But you can't keep running from your past, Billy. You have to face it and you have to let go of Rose. You have to move on and be with me in the present. Billy looked at Sally, his eyes full of love and appreciation. You're right, he said, taking her by the hand. I was so caught up in the past, I couldn't see the present and the future we could have together. But now, I see. I see that you are the one for me, Sally. I love you. And I want to spend the rest of my life with you, no matter where or when we are. <laughs> Sally's heart swelled with love as she looked at Billy, knowing that he was finally hers. And with a little bit of practical, practical magic <laughs> and a whole lot of love, she knew that they could overcome anything, even the challenges of time itself. Together, they would create a future full of happiness and joy, and they would never look back. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. He's a time jumper. Billy the time jumper. Holy shit. All right. 
Who saw that coming? I did not see that plot twist. I did not see that coming. But I have another little, little, little thing, little morsel for you, okay? What, what, what? So I told you how I was chatting with Alana from Alana Accessory. She makes these awesome stickers. I just bought some stickers from her. I was just, you know, going through the Instagrams one day from our account. And I don't know, maybe the algorithm just did its job. And just knew that we love Practical Magic and Titanic. And how we're constantly fusing these two worlds together. Well, lo and behold, I saw she had a sticker, like created two sticker packs simultaneously. And they were, it was Practical Magic and Titanic. And I was like, what? What? (laughs) So I posted it to the stories and I was like, these two, I guess, worlds, like they cannot, they simply cannot exist without each other. Like they keep presenting themselves to us as one together Together. for some reason. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to her and I told her the whole spiel and she got a kick out of it you know i bought some stickers from her awesome so then we got to talking a little bit about the two worlds yeah and we're trying to like find a connection about how these two worlds would have possibly crossed paths the hell right and how they would be connected and going back to what you said as billy zane as a time jumper yeah what the fuck okay so listen to the theory that we came up with okay so she was saying how she feels that there's maybe it's the aesthetic yeah she, lo- she loved different movies for, for different reasons, but she said maybe it's the aesthetic that is, like, making a connection for us, I guess, in our minds. Okay. Um, but she said the wardrobe for both of these movies are magnificent, and I was like, I completely agree. So then I was thinking thinking about the wardrobe, and I was like, maybe the Owens family had an ancestor that was a passenger on the Titanic, one that lived to tell the tale. And who was the only one that lived to tell the tale? Hmm. Rose is <gasps> fucking Rose. My God, yeah. So Rose could be part of the Owens family. That's what I said. And then Rose, which mysteriously grows overnight on Magnolia Street in the movie. What? And I love how in the movie both of the aunts have very nineteen hundreds aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, and Alana. Yeah, Alana, she says, some of the textiles of the wardrobe overlap, I feel like, too. The darker colors. Rose has a bit of that antique gothic Victorian look about her, but also her vibe. I was like, 100%. (laughs) And then, thinking about the aunt's wardrobe and how they still dress like that, I was like, what if the aunts actually died on the Titanic and the whole time they've been ghosts raising Jillian and Sally? Oh my god! (laughs) <laughs> right that's crazy I, I thought you were gonna say like what if they inherited her wardrobe you know what i mean ghosts what if they were just fucking ghosts um and then uh alana pointed out especially with how jillian has red hair too like her hair is red like roses shut like, up roses hair is red shut up and i'm like holy shit is rose the long lost owens ancestor and she just lived to tell the tale it's been 84 years <laughs> love that meme what's her name uh her last name in that movie dewitt bacater mm. or is it right or is it right right oh my god i love it i love it i love it it was just more more little theories to throw your way i mean rose jillian and jack and jack the name Jack, Billy Zane, Billy Zane, <laughs> and a little bit of practical magic, a little bit of practical magic. Dude, this is nuts. How did this materialize this way? I'm so happy. I apologize to the one person that we're annoying right now, but this is just, this is bananas. 
<laughs> bananas. This is two bananas to not talk about. Ooh, wow. Damn. Thank you for that, Christina. <laughs> You're welcome. That was lovely. If anybody's still here, we're going to tell you about lilacs at some point. And this does tie into lilacs too. How? How? Because in the movie, we we know that roses replace lilacs in the book, right? The lilacs are the one that grow overnight in the book. Yes. Right? Not the roses. But if you notice in the movie, I want to show you something. I'm ready. All right. This is this is this is also gonna blow your freaking mind today, Christina. Oh God. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hold on. First I gotta battle these pop-ups so I can <laughs> show you the fucking How the fuck scene. did this become our job? <laughs> uh, all right, hold on. It's wild. Um this is this is freaking bananas. All right, I gotta find the scene. I'm not even gonna try and guess what it is. It's it's very it's very like minimal. You might not have noticed it if somebody didn't point it out. Are there lilacs hanging out somewhere? Okay, here we go. Boom. <gasps> are those lilacs in the vase? Sure looks like it. Yeah, yeah. Those are lilacs in the vase as uh, Sally, Jillian, and this is the scene where Kylie is looking out the window and she sees Jimmy out by the roses. Mm-hmm. Right? So... That is so... Oh do my you god, think, that's so cool. Do you think it was intentional that they put the lilacs in front of the window where they look at the roses kind of as a nod to the book. Yes, I'm going to say yeah. Because they use the li- they use the rose in the movie instead of the lilac, but see, look there they are, they're there. Oh my god. Jillian with her cigarette and teacup with teacup with a saucer. How fucking classy. Can you go to the midnight margarita scene when they're all sitting at the table? Are those lilacs there? Um, let's see. Okay. So let's see when they when it pans to them sitting at the table if we could see them in the background. Okay. Which we're going to get to bringing lilacs in a house kind of is frowned upon. Oh, I think that's them right there in the window. See them? But why are they white? Okay, let's see. Oh, it's hard to see. It's very dark. It is hard to see. It looks like they might be there, but they might be in the middle. See, they're in the middle there. Okay. See, there's a vase in the middle with flowers. I think that's them there. In the morning, they get moved to the side. Weird. I don't know if I don't know if it's a production choice because Kylie needed to stand there mm-hmm. for blocking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they probably shifted that over so Kylie could stand in the middle and then they're off to the side. But it doesn't explain like why who moved them. <laughs> right? If this was actually in the story, who moved those lilacs? I wonder if we can see them at all when Franny and Jet are singing to each other. It's just such a dark Yeah, it's a very dark scene. scene. They should be right behind Jet's head, right? Mm-hmm. She's sitting right in front of the window. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think that's them, right in the middle. I, I don't see anything over to the left where they were in the morning. Okay, all right then. All right, that's all I wanted to show you. Amazing. I just thought that was interesting how they were right in front of the windowsill while they were looking at roses because they were in the book, right? Good catch. I thought they were going to be on like, you know, how they have those botanical prints. I thought they were going to be on there, but they're like the real life ones. Actual lilacs in the vase. Do you think there are any in the greenhouse? I don't remember seeing any. Um, I don't remember seeing any, but I think I do remember seeing, I don't, there, there's a very like thorny, thorny brambles. I don't know if that's like rose thorn bramble or mm. if that's like a hawthorn, like a hawthorn. It's in a hawthorn tree that, yeah, that has the white flowers and the thorns. Uh, I think it has red berries doesn't have red berries and thorns yeah and really big thorns yeah 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 so i'm thinking it's either rose thorns but they're too big to be rose thorns i'm thinking it might be a hawthorn tree branch could be like a black look like a blackberry tree yeah berry bush does that also have thorns (laughs) yeah oh yeah but the hawthorn tree have you ever seen the the thorns on a hawthorn tree they're They're like big knitting needles yeah exactly so the ones in that scene 
in the conservatory, they're like pretty big, like a hawthorn tree's thorns. So I'm thinking it might be a hawthorn tree. Isn't that the like right. like one of the official trees of a witch? Right. The one that that's a uh, on a it's a fairy. It's like a fairy uh-huh. portal. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right? A hawthorn tree. So interesting. interesting. Another interesting find. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's that was my little find about the lilac in the movie. I love that. Thank lilac. you, dude. I've loved lilacs my whole life. My grandmother had a huge lilac bush in the, her front yard, like six feet tall, super wide, smelled amazing. Like I've always loved lilacs. And then when I got this book, when I was in fucking what sixth grade and like, then I became obsessed. I was like, I have to have a lilac tree when I buy my own house. And, um, I planted one out near the road because in the book, Sally's is like near the front because the town's folk come like on the front, like walk path. Right. Yeah. And, they come and, smell yeah. Their stuff. and then I planted another one in the corner, the opposite corner near the road. And Aaron fucking took it out with the weed whacker. Cause it was so small. <gasps> I was like, what the fuck? So I got another one, okay. two lilacs. Um, but I just absolutely adore. They're probably my favorite flower. And they just smell so yeah, amazing. Yeah. They're so sweet. They're so oh, amazing. So good. Yeah. We have one tree in the backyard. I don't think it gets enough sunlight because it doesn't produce a lot of blooms. Mm-hmm. I, I can only think of like maybe one or two times that I've actually seen blooms on this tree. Hmm. And then I heard somewhere, this might be somewhere in our notes when we get to the whole, I guess, plant description or whatever. I heard that it's a biannual, biannual, like it only blooms every other once year? every two years. Oh, oh that's oh. what I heard. I don't know how true that is. Yeah. But, There's so many fucking yeah. varieties though, too. Right. Like who knows? Who knows? Um, do you, um, fertilize it or, right. or prune it? No, that's probably a problem. It's, it's mixed in with like a bunch of other trees. So it just kind of gets lost in the mix. Do you think it's getting like, like starved out? Yeah. Like, do you think it's getting too encumbered? I think so. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Take care of that lilac. 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 <laughs> when my brother was first starting to, uh, teach me how to like ride a motorcycle when I was very, I was like 14, we were in my grandmother's front yard and I could barely get it going. Like, fucking clutch gas whatever whatever and the one fucking lilac the one bush in the yard is the thing i hit <laughs> so i go take off and i cruise and then marco's like turn <laughs> like turn I'm like i can't i'm like 95 pounds on this huge thing hit the lilac bush to just tip just tipped over like i'm done <laughs> i'm done flew into the lilac bush flew into the lilac it saved me hey maybe it saved me is that why you're so sweet That's why you're so- <laughs> <laughs> you stole some of its powers that's right um, what yeah. do we got do you have uh do you want to take uh, guys there's a lilac in practical magic the book is like a main character holy right? shit and by the way i don't remember if it was this book or it was one of the audiobooks it was either for Book of Magic or Rules of Magic, because those are the only two audiobooks I have. She says lilacs, like L-U-C-K-S. But without an accent. She's just saying it wrong. Yeah, she's just saying it. She's like, lilacs, the lilacs. And I'm like, you mean lilac? <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you guys have the audiobook, just take a listen to that. It's pretty funny when she says lilacs. Yeah. Yeah. So practical practical magic (laughs) (laughs) all right so these are the mentions from practical magic the first book right all right there's a lot of these a lot holy shit holy shit there's so many there it's a main character i didn't realize how how much it's mentioned 
all right, I guess we'll get we'll we'll, we'll get going on these. Then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so page sixty three. Her own garden is simple and half-hearted, which is just the way she likes it. There is a hedge of listless lilacs, some dogwoods, and a small vegetable patch where only yellow tomatoes and a few spiny cucumbers ever grow. Um, page 83. Let's take him around the back, Sally says. They drag him over to where the lilacs grow, and they make certain not to disturb any of the roots the way the aunts taught them. By now, the birds nesting in the bushes are all asleep. The beetles are curled up in the leaves of the quince and the forsythia. Is that when they're they burying Jimmy? Yes. The book? All right. Uh, page 83. When they finished and returned the shovels to the garage, and there's nothing but freshly turned earth beneath the lilacs, Jillian has to sit down on the back patio and put her head between her legs so she won't pass out. Also page 83. Page 84. It's only a June night, like any other, except for the heat and the green light in the sky and the moon. And yet what happens to the lilacs while everyone sleeps is extraordinary. In May, there were a few droopy buds, but now the lilacs bloom again, out of season and overnight. In a single exquisite rush, bearing flowers so fragrant, the air itself turns purple and sweet. Before long, bees will grow dizzy, birds won't remember to continue north. For weeks, people will find themselves drawn to the sidewalk in front of Sally Owen's house, pulled out of their own kitchens and dining rooms by the scent of lilacs. Alright, so we guess this is on the same page. The lilacs had gone absolutely wild since Jillian's arrival, as though paying homage to her beauty and grace, and had spilled out from the backyard into the front. A purple bower hanging over the fence and the driveway, lilacs were not supposed to bloom in July. That was a simple botanical fact. At least it had been until now. Girls in the neighborhood had begun to whisper that if you kissed the boy you loved beneath the Owens' lilacs, he'd be yours forever, whether he wanted to be or not. The State University in Stony Brook had sent two botanists to study the bud formations of these amazing plants, going mad, out of season, growing taller and more lush with every passing hour. Sally had refused to let the botanists into the yard. She had sprayed them with the garden hose to make them go away. But occasionally, the scientists would park across from the driveway, mooning over the specimens they couldn't get to, debating whether it was ethical to run across the lawn with some gardening shears and take whatever they wanted. All right, so page 88 through 89, somehow the lilacs have affected everyone. Late last night, Kylie woke and heard crying. She got out of bed and went to her window. There beside the lilacs was her Aunt Jillian in tears. Kylie watched for a while until Jillian wiped her eyes dry and took a cigarette out of her pocket. As she crept back to bed, Kylie felt certain that someday she too would be crying in a garden at midnight, unlike her mother, who was always in bed by 11 and who didn't seem to have anything in her life that was even worth crying about. Kylie wondered if her mother had ever cried for their father, or if perhaps the moment of his death was when she lost the ability to weep. Uh, this is page 89 through 90. Now that he's dead, yeah, I guess, yeah, Jimmy dies pretty early on. All right. Now that he's dead, Jimmy seems much sweeter. Jillian keeps remembering how scorching his kisses were, and the memory alone can turn her inside out. He could burn her up alive. He could do it in a minute flat, and that's not easy to forget. She's been hoping that the damn lilacs will stop blooming, because the scent <laughs> filters through the house and all along the block, and sometimes she swears she can even smell it in the hamburger shack, a good half mile down the turnpike. People in the neighborhood are all excited about the lilacs. There's already been a photograph on the front page of Newsday, but the cloying smell is driving Jillian nuts. It's getting into her clothes and her hair, and maybe that's why she's been smoking so much. 
to replace that lilac scent with one that's dirtier and more filled with fire. This one doesn't have a page, but it says, When she sits beside the lilacs at night, Jillian is trying to decide whether or not she feels as if she's committed murder. Well, she doesn't. <laughs> there was no intent and no premeditation. If Jillian could take it all back, she would, although she changed a few things while she was at it. So then I guess at that point it would be premeditated if she wanted to change a few things. <laughs> um, page 92. When he feels too substantial out in the yard and Jillian begins thinking about the way things used to be, really, Jimmy's presence doesn't feel friendly anymore. When that happens, Jillian runs inside and locks the back door and looks at the lilacs from behind the safety of the glass. He used to scare her pretty good. He used to make her do things she wouldn't even say aloud. And page 93. The scent of those damn lilacs has mixed in with the breakfast Sally is already cooking in the kitchen. But there's coffee too, so Jillian crawls out of bed and gathers the clothes she left scattered on the floor last night. Page 98. The lilacs have grown as high as the telephone wires with blooms so abundant some of the branches have begun to bow toward the ground. He was never even here, Sally says. She would probably sound more sure of herself if it weren't for all these bad dreams she keeps having and the line of the earth beneath her fingernails that refuses to come clean. This, plus the fact that she can't stop thinking about the way he stared up at her from the hole in the ground. Page 99. He, talking about Ben Fry, never gets beyond the gate. However, he's stuck there on the path as soon as he sees Jillian, and from then on, whenever he smells lilacs, he'll think about this moment, how the bees were circling above him, how purple the ink on the leaflets had been distributing suddenly seemed, how he realized all at once just how beautiful a woman can be. Page 113. The lilacs had never before been in flower on her birthday, talking about Kylie, and she takes it as a sign of luck. The bushes are so lush and overgrown, she has to stoop to get by them. For her whole life, she has been measuring herself against her sister, and she's not going to do that anymore. That is the gift Jillian has given her tonight, and for that, she will always be grateful. I really, really love that coming of age theme. And this is page 113. And now, as she, Kylie, stands in her own backyard, she sees that the lilacs, those beautiful things, have an aura all their own, and it's surprisingly dark. It's purple. But it seems like blood stain, like a bloodstained relic and drifts upward like smoke. And then on page 114, Kylie blinks, but sure enough, he's still there under the arches of lilacs. And he looks like the sort of man no one in her right mind would want to run into on a night as dark as this. He has a lot of nerve to be on private property, to treat this yard as his own. But clearly, he doesn't give a damn about such things as decorum and good behavior. Do you remember who that was talking about? Yeah, it's when she starts seeing Jimmy. It's when mm. Kylie starts seeing Jimmy's right. presence. Okay. So when Antonia turns the corner onto her street, she can smell the lilacs. And the odor makes her laugh at the silly reactions caused by some ridiculous out-of-season blooms. Most people in the neighborhood have gotten used to the incredible size of the flowers. They no longer notice that there are whole hours of the day when the entire street echoes with the sound of buzzing bees and the light turns especially purple and sweet. Yet some people return again and again. 
There are women who stand on the sidewalk and weep at the sight of the lilacs for no reason at all, and still others who have plenty of reasons to cry out loud, although none they'd admit to if questioned. And that's on page 128. So the next couple pages between 128 and 130 talk about these two women who are standing beneath the lilacs, one elderly and one young. They're both weeping, and the smell of the lilacs remind them of um, the son and father that they lost to a motorboat suicide in the Long Island Sound. So then this is page 131. The man in the garden has no aura of his own, but he often reaches to dip his hands into the purple-red shadow above him, then smears the aura of the lilacs all over him. No one but Kylie can see him, but he's still able to call all these women out of their houses. So do you think it's Jimmy that's that's beckoning these women? That's what that's yeah. kind of insinuating, right? Yeah, I feel that. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's creepy. Mm-hmm. All right, and I didn't notice that before. <laughs> 132. Kylie has been watching him ever since her birthday. She understands that no one else can see him, although the birds sense him and avoid the lilacs, and the squirrels stop dead in their tracks whenever they get too close. Bees, on the other hand, have no fear of him. They seem attracted to him. They hover near, and anyone who came too close to him would surely risk a sting, maybe even two. Interesting, interesting about the bees, because, we, right, the bees in uh, the Book of Magic, don't we learn that that's a sign that someone's a, that's an omen that somebody's in the house is about to die yeah you're right you're right because uh franny tries to like mm-hmm. swap them away with the broom and yeah. jet does one or two yeah. yeah cool yeah so maybe just bees are just a symbol of death and it's like oh jimmy <laughs> um page 135 to 136 don't you understand you make him happy when you fight it's just what he wants sally and jillian immediately shut up they exchange a worried look the kitchen window has been left open all night, and the curtains flap back and forth, drenched from last night's downpour. Who are you talking about? Sally asks in a calm and steady tone, as though she were not speaking with someone who might have just flipped her lid. The man under the lilacs, Kylie says. Jillian nudges Sally with her bare foot. She doesn't like the sound of this. Plus, Kylie's got a funny look about her, as if she's seen something, and she's not telling, and they're just going to have to play this guessing game with her until they get it right. <laughs> This man who wants us to fight, is he someone bad? Sally asks. Kylie snorts, then takes out the coffee pot and filter. He's vile, she says. A vocabulary word from last semester that she's been putting to good use for the very first time. Jillian turns to Sally. Sounds like someone we know. Page 137. Outside are the lilacs, taller and more lush than would seem possible. Under the lilacs, little knobs of fear are rising on Kylie's arms and her legs and everywhere in between. Where the grass is the greenest, he's right there. It is a spot exactly. Jillian stands close behind Kylie and squints, but all she can make out are the shadows of the lilacs. Can anyone else see him? The birds. Kylie blinks back tears, which she wouldn't have given to look out and find that he's gone. The bees. Interesting. Page 138. And now he won't go away. Kylie understands that much. Even girls of 13 can figure out that a man's ghost reflects who he was and everything he's ever done. There's a lot of spite under those lilacs, and there's a whole lot of get even. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Page 142 to 143. Summers have always belonged to her, talking about Sally, and they always will. That's why she can take her time cutting down the hedges. She can take all day if need be. But by twilight, those lilacs will be gone. In the far section of the yard, only a few stumps will be left behind. So dark and naughty, they'll be good for nothing other than a toad's home. The air will be so still, it will be possible to hear a single mosquito. The last call of the mockingbird will echo, then fade. When night falls, there will be armloads of branches and flowers on the street, all neatly tied with rope. 
ready for the trash pickup in the morning. The women who are called to the lilacs will arrive to see that the hedges have been chopped to the ground. Their glorious flowers, nothing but garbage, strewn along the gutter and the street. That is the moment when they'll throw their arms around one another and praise simple things and, at long last, consider themselves to be free. Yeah, they were kind of like under the spell of these things, right? Yeah. yeah. So page 148 to 149, it says, Since Sally had chopped down the lilacs, every day was better than the one before. The sky was bluer, the butter set out on the table was sweeter, and it was possible to sleep through the night without nightmares or fears of the dark. Page 150, the lilacs have been cut so close to the roots... It may be years before they sprout again. Once in a while, something casts a shadow across the lawn, but it's probably the toad who has taken up residence in the roots of the lilacs. They'd know if it was Jimmy, wouldn't they? They'd feel more threatened and much more vulnerable. But there's that toad. Mm -hmm. And this is before the ring shows up. Yeah. Remember? Because the ring... I don't know if it comes... Yeah, Yeah, it's up. It's there. It's there. We're getting to it. (laughs) All right. All right. Um, where are we at? 172? Yeah. All right. So it says, if she hadn't been in such a hurry to get to Gideon's, if she realized what it was she had, which is Jimmy's ring, she would have taken that ring out to the backyard and buried it beneath the lilacs where it belongs. Instead, Kylie goes ahead and tosses it into the little fiesta ware saucer on which her mother keeps a pathetic example of a cactus. (laughs) There's the cactus again. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. I'm picturing it like a little Mm. saucer. I know it's like holding a cactus, but you know those like saguaro cactus like ring holders? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm picturing. Oh, That's what I'm yeah. picturing. Okay. Okay. So maybe not a real cactus, maybe just like a little ring holder cactus? Who knows? But... It's probably a real cactus in the yeah. story, but yeah. my mind always put like a little fake ceramic one. Yeah. I like how there's like still a nod to the Southwest. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Even though Sally's not really, she doesn't ever go out that way. She's not connected. Yeah. So page 196. I missed you. Kylie's voice is offhand. Yeah, right. When Gideon looks up, he sees that she's staring at him. Quickly, he shifts his gaze to the place where the lilacs used to grow. There are only some twiggy looking things with black bark. On each twig is a row of tiny thorns, so sharp, even the ants don't dare to come near. What the hell happened to your yard? Gideon asks. Kylie looks over at the branches. They're growing so quickly, they'll reach the height of a good-sized apple tree before long. But for now, they seem harmless. Just wispy shoots of brambles. It's so easy to ignore what grows in one's own garden. Look away for too long, and anything can turn up. A vine, a weed, a hedge of thorns. My mom cut the lilacs down. Too much shade. Carly bites down harder on her lip. Check. They're playing chess, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So thorns, like, thorny brambles grew in place of the lilacs, it's saying? Right, I didn't think lilacs had thorns. Yeah, I thought it was, they were just, they're just trees, right? They don't, I don't think they have thorns. Well, no, maybe we'll find out later on. All right. All right. I didn't think they had thorns. Yeah, I think they're just trees. All right, page 277. But the aunts are taking no chances. They've carried along 20 blue stones inside their largest suitcase. Stones Maria Owens had brought to the house on Magnolia Street more than 200 years ago. Stones such as these formed a path in the aunt's garden, but there were extras stored beside the potting shed, enough to fashion a small patio in the spot where the lilacs once grew. Now that the hedge of thorns is nothing but ashes, it's easy for the Owens women to put down a circle of stones. The patio won't be fancy, but it will be wide enough for a small wrought iron table and four chairs. Some of the little girls in the neighborhood will beg to have tea parties out here, and when their mothers laugh and ask why this patio is better than their own, the little girls will insist the blue stones are lucky. Cute. Yeah, so then on page 261, instead, Jet and Franny, they crammed the car with belongings, locked the front door, and cut down an armful of bare lilac branches to take with them before latching the gate. 
What the future would be was yet to be discovered. As for the past, they already knew it too well. So they took lilacs with them to to uh, Sally's house after Sally just cut down lilacs. I don't know, but I'm reading ahead a little bit, and I think they're. I think I copied and pasted some rules of magic into the bottom of that section. Oh, oh my bad. Okay. All right, so yeah, this is talking about Haitlin. I really love all of the like juicy summer terms like the buzzing of the bees and the humidity and the colors she uses and like all that that brings to mind being like not just being a kid but like running through your yard barefoot which like we got fire those fire ants which we can't do now but I would love to sometimes I'll just put a blanket out in the yard and I'm like looking at that tiny little lilac tree and I'm like someday you're gonna be big and I'm gonna hang out in your shade and it just makes me really happy yeah it's something well they're just the the scent in general just very sweet it just has the the whole tree has a very sweet demeanor stuff like lilacs and honeysuckle and all those like very sweet summery summery plants and trees so juicy i love it i love summertime yeah so juicy (laughs) all right so that was it for practical magic now we're moving on to rules of magic magic. do you want to take these sure so on page 35 it says Later when Jet went out into the garden, she stood beneath the lilacs with the dusky heart-shaped leaves. Everything smelled like mint and regret. I wish we were like other people. That was what Franny had been thinking. Oh, how I wish we could fall in love. So are they just learning about the curse? Maybe. Okay. Page 95. By counting the knots on the lilac bush, the number of cold spells could be predicted. Though the weather was chilly, the sisters escaped the house whenever they could. 107. The rain was stopping. The air was green. Spring was thick with lilacs and possibilities. Everything was delicious. Their food and New York City and their futures. Hay was to live in Dunster House. Halen Walker is Franny's love interest. Franny is stone's throw away, if you had a strong arm, which Halen did, at South House on the Radcliffe Quad. They toasted to liberty, clinking together their glasses of orange juice. On 151 to 152, at last, she, talking about Franny, turned onto Greenwich Avenue, and there she stopped. She had come upon a tilted little house that had a for sale sign in the street level window where there had once been a shop. There was a school next door and the children were out at recess. When Franny looked through the window, she could see a pie-shaped yard filled with weeds. Shifting her gaze, she spied a twisted wisteria and a few spindly lilacs. It was then she felt her heart lift. And this was when she was going out looking for a place for the three of them to live. On 164, Jet is at the alchemy tree. It says, There were black weeds beneath her feet, and when she wished them to bloom, they did so. In shades of lilac and persimmon, she lay down in the brambles, sinking into them, yet she didn't feel their stickers. They drew blood, but the thorns didn't hurt, and each bruise of blood resembled a rose. If she were dead, would she be reunited with Levi? Was he waiting for her now? Oh, it's so sad. Hmm. Page 174. We talked about this on episode 18 of the Black Soap episode. A branch from an ash tree on Washington Square Park, two dappled feathers of a nesting dove on West 4th Street, leaves of the wavering lilacs in their yard. The result was grittier than Aunt Isabel's recipe, with more intensity. Washed with it, and not only were you beautiful, you were ready to do battle. That's the city grit. Yeah, that's right. That's what we said about it, right? (laughs) City grit. On 253, there was nothing Franny could do about the beetle hiding in the attic, but she stepped on this one and crushed it flat, then went to the garden. The lilacs were bare but she swore she could smell their scent. If there are lilacs, her aunt had told her, once as they worked in the garden, there will be luck. The spindly plant in the backyard of 44 Greenwich was one of the reasons she decided it was the right house for them. On 261, instead, they, talking about Jet and Franny, crammed the car with belongings, locked the front door, and cut down an armful of bare lilac branches to take with them before latching the gate. What the future would be was yet to be discovered. 
As for the past, they already knew it too well. So was that when they were, that's when they're leaving New York and going back to Magnolia Street? I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they take some of those lilacs with them, then I guess. Maybe they replant them. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Replant them to Magnolia mm-hmm. Street. Okay. On page okay. 308, as for Franny, what she remembered most was standing outside on the sidewalk, looking up at the windows, knowing that lilacs grew here and that she would buy this house and that for a while they would live here and try to be happy. And in that way, they were. Page 314, at dusk, everything looked blue, even the leaves on the lilacs. When spring came around and the lilacs bloomed, Franny began to leave the blank journal on the bureau in Maria's room in the library, and every week they were taken home by girls who questioned their worth in the modern world. On 338, whenever he, talking about Halen, came for dinner, he would ask for a salad, since their garden was so marvelous, and of course, Franny always obliged. They went out together at dusk. Oh, this, the end of this book with Halen is so cute. Yeah. Like picking fucking, picking lettuce in the garden is adorable together. All right. It always smelled the same here, the green scent of weeds and lilacs and rosemary. And lastly, on 346, the truth was they had managed to get what they wanted. It just wasn't lasting long enough. Not that it ever could. When Halen passed, the doctor was sitting on the porch. Uh, he's, he's a doctor. The doctor was sitting on the porch on an autumn night. The lilacs were blooming out of season. Oh, these lilacs. Mm-hmm. There were so many stars in the sky, it was impossible to count them all. They had turned off the light on the back porch, the better to see the swirling show above them. Oh, how beautiful was the last thing that he said. Aww. Sad. Yeah. So it seems like lilacs blooming at a season, I don't know, maybe it's like a, not an omen, but like maybe it just like represents transitioning from- Ooh, I love that. From this world to, you know, the spiritual plane of existence. I love that. Because mm-hmm. it does the same thing for Jimmy, right? Even though he's a shit. It still kind of does that same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lilacs don't care who you are, just like the Death Watch beetle coming for you. Right, right. It does not discriminate. <laughs> it's here to guide you to the next plane of existence, whatever that may be. Oh. Right? Oh, that would be lovely. Yeah. All right, take us to magic lessons. Maria's story. Okay, so magic lessons. This starts off with Hannah. This is on page 10. Hannah knew the woods as well as anyone. She knew that counting the knots on a lilac bush could predict the number of cold spells and that if you lit a bit of snow with some tinder and it melted quickly, the snow on the ground would soon disappear. Page 24. It was the sort of recipe one could add to however one saw fit. Mistletoe for those who wish for children, vervain to escape one's enemies, black mustard seed to repel nightmares, and lilac for love. On page 89. She told him that when they lived together, she would plant lilacs outside the door. She would make a special entrance so that Caden could come and go as he pleased. She would always wear blue because Hathorne favored it so. Page 94. Maria asks Junie for a bowl of water, and when she gazed into the bowl, it was black and deep. This was the moment when the worlds opened between life and death, the future and the past. She saw a man in the snow who longed for her, and a house ringed by a garden where nightshade and mandrake grew, where the lilacs were so sweet, bees came from all over the county to drink from them. On page 105, Maria closed her eyes and imagined Faith in a large garden, the one she had seen in the black mirror, where trees bloomed with white flowers and lilacs grew beside the door. On page 133, Maria sat beside a bank of tall snow-white flocks. Nearby, in the kitchen garden, fennel and purple cabbage and radishes would soon be grown. 
There were no lilacs, as there had been in the vision in the Black Mirror, but surely she could plant them when she was John's wife, and this was her house. She would have Persian lilacs and shades of purple and violet and blue, with blooms so sweet, women passing by would stop, unable to go any farther, call to the spot, as if their names had been spoken aloud. And then on page 178, this is from Martha's point of view. The girl and her mother wore colorful dresses that Maria had sewn, with purple skirts dyed with cedar and lilac leaves and yellow bodices tinted with bayberry leaves. They went up and down the aisles of the shop like chattering birds. So I was looking into this a little further because I had done some fiber spinning back in the day and I was really interested in like natural dyes and things like that. And I was like, oh, I never heard of that. Like that would, that would be amazing if lilacs could do that. But natural dyeing with lilac leaves, even the most purple of the flowers with the most pigment, pigment won't produce a purple color. They'll produce like a yellow to green hue. Really? Um, as does cedar, they won't do a purple. And uh, the mention of bayberry, it does produce a really beautiful green, like gray green. So it said the yellow bodice yeah. is tinted with bayberry leaves. So it could have been like a yellow, like a lime green, maybe. All right. I don't know. But that that's what I found. I uh, just thought it was interesting. So that's not completely accurate. Not completely Okay, but for the sake of fiction, we'll we'll go with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Um, you linked a couple things. Those are my sources for that. Yeah, we'll link those in the show notes. I guess there's a video on the dyeing with the leaves. Is that what that is? Yeah, there is. Yep. Cool. Oh, that'd be interesting to see that process. All right. Yeah, guys, check that out if you want to know more about dyeing with uh, lilac leaves. Yeah. All right. So then on page 225, this is the last mention in Magic Lessons about lilac. It says, one day Martha would be the one to disappear. Maria's spell would see to it. And once she did, Faith would find her way to the house on Maiden Lane, where Maria had planted lilacs by the back door. For where there are lilacs, there will always be luck. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool how it shifts between lavender and lilacs and luck and love. Like sometimes right, yeah. it's lavender for love, yeah. sometimes it's lilacs for luck you know they're in- i guess they're interchangeable it's a flexible theory yeah some plants actually do have multi-purposes oh for sure yeah yeah, yeah. all right so bring us to the book of magic there's really not many lilacs in in this book there aren't it um I, maybe because they spend so much time in the uk maybe i don't know all right so on page six it says already the bramble of the blackberries along the gate was beginning to green and the lilacs which would bloom in the shades of violet and deep purple and white were filling in with their flat heart-shaped leaves and then on page 16 warmer weather was predicted for the rest of the week and jet's seven days marked the start of the season that was always a delight in massachusetts all through the long winter people waited for a sign for the first surge of spring the green bark of the lilac the murmur of the dove in the yard while there was still a scrim of ice on Leech Lake, people came down with spring fever that made them act as if they were young again. Page 22. The literary agent who had an office there after they'd moved out was now sadly gone, but there were still scraggly lilacs in the tiny yard. Page 61. The windows were old green glass, but it was possible to see the lilacs when Kylie looked out, her eyes brimming with tears. The poems of Emily Dickinson remained open on Jet's night table. Oh. Page 70. I think this is talking about... Who's this talking about? He remembered the first night he had spent with William and how Franny was there for him. It's talking about Vincent, I guess. When he was beaten in the street on the night of the Stonewall Uprising, ready to wrap her arms around him, and how Jet had stood in the garden beneath the lilac tree on the day that the boy she loved had died so young. Page 79. 
There was a scrim of ash over everything, covering the trees. Black leaves fell onto sidewalks all over town. Death was in the air, and the birds were hushed. Lilacs refused to bloom. People went through the cemetery gates to leave tokens of their respect on Jet's grave. Apples, mint, sage, blue ribbons, photographs of babies who had grown up to men, women because of Jet's tonics, wedding pictures. Oh, so this is after Jet's funeral. That's interesting. What is interesting? That's kind of like different than the theory that we just talked about, how lilac is kind of like a carrier between worlds of like life and death. But oh, they're not, and they're not but blooming, they're not blooming for, for Jet, so I wonder why. Wow. Oh, so sad. Yeah. Maybe they are too heart-stricken, heartbroken. You know, yeah. Uh, page 89. All along Brattle Street, the lilacs faded, their heart-shaped leaves turning black around the edges. People who had been married for 30 years suddenly filed for divorce. Children refused to sleep and couldn't be comforted with warm milk. Have you ever had warm milk? That sounds gross. I hear it all the time. Probably as a child, but... You did? Yeah. Yeah. I Only warm milk and, like, hot chocolate. Um, I do. I have made, like, like warm almond milk. Like, like, have you ever made moon milk? No. It's really good. Interesting. You'll have to make it for me when we finally meet. Pretty young. Yeah. <laughs> um, comforted with more milk and stories they had heard a dozen times before. Page 250. She opened the window and breathed more of the fragrance, then realized what it was. The lilacs in the garden down below were in their last bloom, a pale purple gleaming in the dark. Franny was reminded of something Jet had told her every year as they worked in the garden together. Where there are lilacs, there will be luck. 282 the room was stuffed goddamn i told i just make up my words the room was stuffy and sally had gone to open the window there were lilacs outside in the softening air she had been thinking about the conversation with ian on the train the way he leaned toward her when he agreed with her and leaned away when he disagreed 292 franny had made her way into the tiny neglected yard where a single lilac bush grew she was peering through the window into the parlor, her hands up to the dusty window panes as she attempted to look inside. The glass was too cloudy to see through, but she could sense the ill will within the house, the darkly flickering remnants of left-handed magic. 296, Sally and Jillian were waiting beside the lilac tree that had never flowered. Hey, so maybe there are lilacs that never flowered. Yeah, the one in my yard barely flowers, so it could just be the conditions. Like, maybe it's overgrown around it. Hmm. Maybe there's not enough sunlight. Oh, Yeah. Give it a little love. You just got to clear it out a little bit, fertilize it, mm -hmm. prune it. it mm -hmm. I think it'll thrive off of being pruned because then it gets to put its energy, you know, into those new shoots. 326. There was the scent of lilacs and where there are lilacs, there will be luck and a little bit of practical magic. <laughs> 356. Now a year had passed since the day that the world had changed. The dark spring had taken its toll and the season the lilacs had surged with masses of bloom. Sally's wedding took place on the 1st of July, the ceremony held beneath the tree that had been brought to town 300 years earlier by a man who believed in love. Oh, Samuel Diaz. Samuel Diaz. I think this is the last one, 370. Who's Margaret Wright? Is that his mom? Uh, Ian's mom, right? Oh, okay. So they're talking about, spoiler, Jillian's baby? Or Antonia's baby? Okay, Antonia. They all admired, Le his name is Leo, and how precious he was. Why, if you weren't watching him like a hawk, he'd climb into the lilacs and disappear. He might have shaken down the cake table that, oh my god. Yeah, just fuck it. Fuck it and disappear. We've been doing a lot of reading. Sidebar, another connection, Titanic, Leo. <laughs> what the fuck? No all right. way, shut up. Alice knew what she was doing. These are, this is like, uh, like Taylor Swift's like little Easter eggs. Oh my God. The long con. Do you think, do you think Alice Hoffman subliminally put in these little Titanic refer references and we're just like tuning into them? We'll have to ask her. 
I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so either. But uh, this is just like, <laughs> this is just fascinating for me at this point. Like, how are these, all these little connections popping up? I mean, like, you guys are dumb. <laughs> all right. So lilacs play a huge role in all the books. Not so much the movie, but as Justina found, they make a little cameo right in front of the roses. Super cute. And I can't wait to learn a little bit more about lilacs after this short break, right? We're going to do a card poll mm-hmm. or are we going to just pick the lilac card? We could, Yeah, we could just do the lilac card. All right. I'll tell you guys a little bit about that. And then we have some science, history, and facts that will impress your gardening friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a little bit of folklore and magic for you guys, of course. So we will be right back. You're listening to Magnolia Street Podcast. All right, guys, we're back. Welcome back. Thank you for sticking around. Now we're back with a card pull. Well, not necessarily pull. We're just going to read you the card because there is a lilac card in the Inner Witch Oracle deck by Grounded by the Moon. The way you explain things sometimes reminds me of like Kronk being like the poison, the poison of Cusco, Cusco's poison. (laughs) Sometimes my brain just can't make a connection because I can't function in my brain by myself. I got you. It's just what I think of. All right, guys. So this is the lilac card. And the keyword on this card is enchantment. And then also, um, there's another one that says give in. What do you mean another one? Another little keyword at the top. Oh, is there usually just one? Well, there's one on the bottom here, right? On the actual card. Yeah. And then I guess he throws in a little, an additional little word just to elaborate on it a little bit. Or maybe just like a, a, another additional meaning that it could take on ah. so this one says enchantment and give in give in okay so it says allow yourself to give in to the temptation around you release your concerns and follow your heart's true desire whatever is calling to you whatever you are being drawn to know that it is for a reason don't fight it instead give in to the magical enchantments that come your way Lilacs contain a very strong, almost intoxicating aroma associated with love, flirtation, and also used for protection. This magical flower will definitely leave you enchanted. When lilac comes into your reading, embrace the magic you're being drawn to because it is for a reason. And the mantra at the bottom says, I allow myself to embrace that which my inner soul desires. I love that so much yeah beautiful 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 meaning yeah a lilac they are very very enchanting flowers and very intoxicating if you've ever walked past like a lilac bush it's just like whoo what is that right Mm -hmm. yeah i've heard that it be described as heady oh very heady smell there's a i think it's a cover miley cyrus does like a gardens session she's she's kind of bananas like (laughs) as a pop star she knows what she's doing yeah. but her like acoustic stuff her vocal talent i'm like you go kiddo yeah like really good but there's a song she covers i think called lilac wine Ooh. um which i'll talk a little bit more about later not the cover Ooh. but lilac wine um but maybe we can add lilac wine to our spotify the one from miley cyrus yeah okay cool i've never heard the song but okay um i love everything that she does like any of her newer stuff anyway okay um, she's super talented. She did a mashup of what's that Stevie Nicks song? Edge of Seventeen and not her new one, Flowers. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the name of it right now, but she does a mashup and it's really freaking good. Me and Avi heard it in Target one day and we were like, Is this Stevie Nicks? And then 
and then we heard the miley portion of the song and we're like holy shit this is miley doing stevie she does a great not that she's impersonating stevie nicks but like her tone is just very very reminiscent of stevie's tone she's got husky she's got that husky voice man yeah unfortunately i don't see her lilac wine on here however i know it's on youtube yeah well so we can just include that in our show notes all right i'm excited to go listen to it i love songs about wine like do you ever hear strawberry wine on the bottle not that one there's a song called i think strawberry wine oh 17 hot july moon saw everything that one yeah i thought you were gonna say no yeah i think so it's a country song right it's a country song it's about losing your virginity yeah i forget who sings it all right all right lilac wine cool cool cool, cool. i can't wait to go listen to that all right so we're gonna jump into some science now yeah man so the heady lilac is also known as the queen of shrubs and i think it's beauty warrants the title and there are over 1000 varieties of lilacs so there possibly could be a thorny lilac out there you know hybrid it is the state flower of new hampshire the wood from the lilac tree can be used to make musical instruments, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. Uh, knife handles and more. Lilac bushes can live for over a hundred years. They're fucking massive. They can get really, really big. So the common lilac is a perennial. It's a deciduous shrub that grows between 12 and 15 feet tall. Wow. Lilac flowers can be white, like purple or dark purple, and they have a very pleasant fragrance. Common lilac is often planted in landscapes and commonly available at commercial nurseries. Around here, not so much. I think we're just too far south, like at that borderline where they're like not, it's too hot for them. Um, so we don't really get them here. Have you noticed them in your nurseries up there? Yeah, we get we get them. We have lilac trees. Um, I've noticed lilac bushes here for sale, like a Lowe's or like a Home Depot. Wow, I have to like order mine from online shops. Yeah, they do bloom. I want to say maybe between April and maybe they start dying out around June, maybe early July. Maybe that might even be a little too late. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do notice that once it starts getting very hot, they kind of just like start to die back. Yeah. Yeah, so they don't really like the heat too much. So the common lilac is native to Europe, but it's also found its way throughout much of the northeastern half of the United States and Canada, as well into many western states. Common lilac leaves are heart-shaped with smooth edges. The leaf buds are separate from the flower buds. Leaf buds are smaller and more pointed than flower buds, which are large, round, and lighter green. Individual flowers have four petals and a tubular base and are arranged in clusters at branch tips. Similar to the forsythia, the fruit of the lilac is a small capsule about one to two centimeters that contains about two seeds. There you go. You're cute little flowers. They're so cute. Have you ever had a little lilac flower in your hand? They're so cute. I just wish mine were anywhere near being able to like produce because like putting some lilac in like your wine or your water just as like an essence. Oh, yeah amazing yeah <laughs> so that that's from gardenersnet.com and also umain.edu and we'll link those in the show notes yeah now we're gonna get into some history okay all right so when you plant a lilac in your garden did you know that you're actually choosing a shrub that has been part of this country's history for centuries no true Back in 1767, Thomas Jefferson recorded his method of planting lilacs in his garden book, which we will link in our Goodreads. I didn't know that uh, Thomas Jefferson had a garden book. That son of a bitch. Fascinating. (laughs) And even George Washington himself 
noted that he had transplanted existing lilacs in his garden on March 3, 1785. In fact, the oldest living lilacs in North America are believed to have been planted around 1750 at the Governor Wentworth Estates in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Wow. Even though lilacs are a part of New England's horticultural heritage, they're not actually native to North America. Uh, it turns out that of the 20-plus species of lilacs out there, only two of them actually come from Europe. The rest are from Asia. The common lilac, Syringa vulgaris, actually originated in Eastern Europe. This species, as well as hybrids of it, were so popular and frequently grown by French nurserymen that France became synonymous with fine lilacs. And today, we refer to them as French hybrids. Hmm. As for the most popular lilac species used in contemporary landscapes, many of them actually come from Asia. Two of the most popular choices include Syringa petula, also known as Miss Kim, and S. Myeri palabin. Miss Kim is a compact, later-flowering lilac that's known for its intense fragrance. Meanwhile, palabin has a neat growth habit that fits in really well with modern gardens. It's interesting that lilacs are known to be plants for colder climates, which means they require a period of cold-initiated dormancy in order to trigger flowering. Nowadays, new selections of lilacs are offered by hybridizers across the North Temperate Zone, which includes Europe, most of North America, and Asia. With the wide variety of lilac selections originating from all over the world, they are sold under different names. I guess that makes sense why they bloom in like early April, because that's like coming right out of like frost season. Exactly, yeah. So that, that makes perfect sense. The Arnold Arboretum at Harvard University boasts one of the oldest and largest collections of lilacs in North America. And interestingly, the lilacs on their grounds actually predate the institution's founding back in 1872. Damn. In fact, Benjamin Busey, who was a prosperous merchant, farmer, horticulturalist, and patriot in Boston, Massachusetts, United States, he made a significant contribution to the creation of the Arnold Arboretum. Do you think that's a relation of Gary Busey's? Is he? No, I'm asking. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, but he is believed to have planted a lilac hedgerow or multiple hedgerows, soon after he acquired the land in 1806. Today, the Arboretum has taken cuttings of the remnants of Busey's lilacs and has created hedgerows on the east side of what is now called the Explorer's Garden on Busey Hill. Oh. Sounds magical as fuck. <laughs> uh, one thing that's worth noting is that the Arboretum's Lilac Sunday Festival, which is celebrated every second Sunday in May, has become a tradition of its own. While it's difficult to estimate the exact attendance of any given Lilac Sunday, one noteworthy peak occurred in 1941 when 43,000 people were said to have visited. Goddamn. Yeah. And uh, that source is from arboretum.harvard.edu, and we'll link that. So in Rochester, New York, there's a Lilac Festival. It's supposedly the biggest and best of all of them. It has one of the largest displays of lilacs boasting 500 varieties and 1,200 bushes over 22 acres in Highland Park. The annual lilac festival lasts for two weeks and includes a wide range of events and exhibits, a lilac 10K, <laughs> uh, races, craft displays, bands and concerts, and much more. 
The American Bus Association lists it among its top 100 events as bus tours from all over the U.S. and Canada bring tourists there. So supposedly this is the granddaddy of all lilac festivals. They also have arts and crafts booths and they sell lilac perfumes, sachets, lilac edibles. I'm guessing, I don't know, maybe either special edibles, if you know what I'm talking about, or just, you know, candies and little morsels, including the lilacs as well. Canada, Japan, and Australia, they also hold lilac festivals. How far are you from Rochester? Probably a few hours. Like, I want to say maybe three to five hours. Oh, okay. Something in there? That's still really far. It's pretty far, yeah. We drove through Rochester when we went to uh, Niagara Falls, the Canadian side. Mm -hmm. And um, I think Canada is like a good five-hour drive from us. And we hit Rochester, I think, maybe an hour or so from our destination. Mm -hmm. So it's like in between like three to five hours, I would say. Have you ever heard of that festival before? No, I've never heard of that festival, but that sounds really cool. Cool. Sounds awesome. (laughs) Um, Now we're going to tell you guys about some facts that will impress your gardening friends. And this is from bhg.com, and we will link that below. So lilacs, I didn't know this, are in the same family as the olive tree? Wow. Interesting. So these shrubs belong to the Oleaceae family, which includes over 20 different plant species, including olives, ash and jasmine that's not surprising to me because jasmine kind of has the same kind of very very sweet distinct smell Mm -hmm. and those very very, like delicate flowers yeah yeah yep they're kind of like along the the same little little buds within their species there are more than 1,000 varieties of lilacs including some trees lilac trees like the the pecking or the peking and japanese tree lilac can reach heights of more than 30 feet tall god damn nuts so the lilac has different meanings in different cultures. The lilacs have come to symbolize spring and renewal because they are early bloomers. These bushes have also held different meanings in different cultures throughout centuries. The Celtics saw lilacs as magical because of their sweet scent. During the Victorian age, lilacs were a symbol of an old love. Widows often wore lilacs during this time. In Russia, holding a sprig of lilac over a newborn baby was thought to bring wisdom. And did you know each color lilac has a different meaning? Kind of like the rose, I guess, right? Roses have many different colors as well. Maybe that's why Alice saw them as like interchangeable. I don't know, between the book and the movie, they both just have many different colors, many different varieties, many different uses, I guess, depending on the color. Yeah, okay, okay. So according to the International Lilac Society, white is purity, innocence, and childhood. Violet is spirituality, which makes sense because the purple in the books, right? And it makes me think of like crown chakra stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kind of makes sense going back to the book, how we were just talking about before, how it's kind of like this um, transition between the living world and the spiritual world. So that that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Violet is for spirituality. Blue is for happiness and tranquility. A pale purple is first love. Magenta is love and passion. Pink is love and friendship. And dark purple is for mourning. The yellow variety of lilacs. I've never heard of a yellow variety. Neither have I, yeah. It's called the primrose, and it's not a common sight in American gardens. Maybe that's why. We've never seen it here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was introduced in 1949, and so it's it's not known to carry any kind of symbolic meaning. But if, you're go- if we're going to go like with the rose kind of deal, yellow in rose language, it means friendship. Like you give you give yellow roses to somebody when you want it to symbolize friendship. Mm. So I would just go with that. I I really love going for like a light purple. I'm in the yeah. light purple club. Yeah, yeah, same. Lilacs originated in Eastern Europe and Asia and were brought over to America by colonists in the 17th century. 
Although they weren't native to the United States, they quickly became popular with Americans. Lilacs were an early presidential favorite. Both George Washington and Thomas Jefferson grew these shrubs in their gardens, and lilacs were grown in America's first botanical gardens. And then lastly, lilacs are relics of old homesteads. Lilacs are known for their hardy nature and long lives. Many lilac shrubs live to be more than 100 years old. Because of their lifespan, they often survive longer than the home of the gardener that planted them. So if you're on a country road and see a few seemingly random lilac bushes, there was most likely a house or farm there Aww. in the last century. And if you don't have them in your garden already, give lilacs a try. Not only will they come back year after year, but they will also give you a show for the senses with colorful blooms and sweet scents. There's a lot to love about lilacs and knowing their history shows just how special these plants are. Very nice. I have a song. It's called The Lilac Bush and the Apple Tree. Ooh. And I'm trying to find out who sings it, but it's basically they're the only things like left standing after the family has moved away and all of nature has grown up in throughout the house. It's it's sung just acapella. It's really pretty. Oh, It's by Kate Wolf. Yeah, we'll add it to, if it's on Spotify, we'll add it to the playlist. Let me add to the playlist. Okay. Yeah, it's a really sad song. It's fun to harmonize to, but it's like really sad because they're the only thing that's left. But they, they, they like stand the test of time. Exactly. Um, so we're going to talk about a little bit of Greek mythology. And I had heard this story first on the Witch Pajamager Hour. So there are a few sources. Everybody's kind of got a different, you know, storyline for this origination of the lilac. So is this a Greek myth? It is a Greek myth. So the word syringa vulgaris is the Greek word for lilac. In this myth, Syringa was actually a beautiful wood nymph. And she, you know, she's got the va-va-voom going on. And that attracted the lusty little god Pan, who had the hots for her and was like, can I have your number? <laughs> and one day, Pan sees Syringa and starts furiously chasing after her. He wants that strange, but Syringa wasn't having any of it. And she said, fuck it. I got to do something. So she's tired of running. And she quickly transforms herself into a lilac bush to hide from him. When Pan finally caught up to her, couldn't find her, couldn't find her, looking around, resolved that she was gone. He was like, Syringa! You know? And she was just like, tee hee hee hee. <laughs> and her little leafy fragrant self was like, Phew. But before he went, before Pan decided to leave, he cuts a few of the reedy branches from a lilac bush that she had turned herself into. And from them, he fashions his first Pan pipes. And then he fucked off to who knows where. But because those lilac little branches are kind of hollow on the inside, right? All right, yeah. So again, the scientific name for the lilac is the syringa vulgaris, which derives from the Greek word syrinx, which means pipe. Oh, wow. That is adorable. I love a good Greek myth. I absolutely love this story. Credit to the Waba girls for finding this one first, and that's where I first heard it. I'm going to link a source if you want to see other interpretations. There's, there are a couple others, but I just thought that was the cutest thing. Syringa! Syringa! <laughs> I'm just like picturing Pee Wee Herman, like, Syringa! <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing like a Marlon Brando. Stella! Stella! Right, yeah. I wanted to start off with that one. I thought it was so cute. But that is cute. did you know that they were traditionally used as funeral flowers in Eastern Europe? Mm. Yep, they were placed in caskets of the deceased, and it's believed that their strong perfume of the flowers was used to mask the scent of death before modern funerary practices changed the custom. I could see that. Yeah. 
Lilacs have been a part of some pretty strange superstitions associated with them through different parts of the world. Like in Great Britain, it was considered bad luck to bring lilac blooms into the home. Um, I say fuck it to that because I love lilacs in a vase. They look really nice. They smell really nice. Well, apparently the Owens said fuck it too because they had them in a vase right out right on their windowsill. Yeah. The, those Owens women helped raise me, so I I take what they say as gospel. But I mean, like, then look at the bad luck that they brought into their home. That's true. Oh, dang, that's true. Oh, no. All right. And if a young lady wore a lilac blossom, she was believed to be destined to be single forever. So if you wanted to break off an engagement, you can send a lilac to that person. Oh, shit. It's kind of a way of being like, I I changed my mind. Sorry. (laughs) You know, (laughs) then send them a lilac. Um, But they've come a long way. These lilacs have come a long way since these unfortunate superstitions. In the Victorian era, the language of flowers was all the rage, and lilacs were a symbol of first love, while white ones symbolized innocence, which Justina touched on earlier. Now they're considered a beloved flower with a beautiful fragrance. Speaking of fragrance, did you know that it's really difficult to distill the scent of lilacs? Is it? That's why most lilac-scented things are made with synthesized fragrances. Hmm. I did not know that. No. It was used for apotropic or evil-repelling purposes in many places. In Bulgaria, it was included in wedding bouquets to protect the bride and hung above Russian cradles to safeguard infants. Oh, that must smell so good. That would probably block out the, like, poo-poo smell. (laughs) The poo-poo smell. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) In New England, lilacs were planted to keep evil away from properties or used to drive out ghosts. Didn't work for Jimmy. Did not work for Jimmy. And get this. So lilacs aren't just pretty to look at or smell. The leaves are have an astringent property and were used as a face wash while an infusion taken internally was used as a dewormer. Plus, the flowers can even produce a green dye, which we talked about earlier. Oh. And the twigs produce an orange dye. Isn't that nifty? That's nifty. So that is from Dave's Garden, written by Melody Rose. Uh, a little bit from greenmanmeadows.com. So Vincent van Gogh and Claude Monet were inspired by the colors and appearance of lilacs. They included the flowers in several paintings, such as Lilac Bush, 1889, van Gogh, Lilacs, Grey Weather, 1872 by Monet, and Lilacs in Sun, 1872 by Monet. In the Victorian era, (laughs) windows? (laughs) Widow. Widows wore lilac (laughs) blossoms on their lapels, just as Justina said. This uh, served as a reminder uh, of their love and the shortness of life. Lilac is considered the traditional flower for the 8th anniversary, and this means it's a suitable gift as well. The Celtics regarded the lilac as magical due to their incredibly intoxicating fragrance. In the United States, the lilac is... Oh, that's cute. And um, we talked about it being New Hampshire's flower earlier, and it represents the hardiness, the hardy <laughs> nature of its people. <laughs> that's so cute. Cute. Very cute. Okay. So all that red stuff is from the same source. All right. So that's all from greenmanmeadows.com? Yes. Okie doke. All right. So we are going to get into some magical correspondences for you guys. The following is also from greenmanmeadows.com, but I'm also going to kind of compare it to my Scott Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs right here. A lot of the stuff is the same. The only thing I see different are the powers that it's used for. Actually, no way. I see I see something in here too that looks kind of similar. So the other names for the lilac is pipe tree, reed tree, or common lilac. The scientific name is Syringa vulgaris. The gender is feminine. The planet is Venus. Deities are Artemis, Pan, Gaia, Hades, Persephone, Hera, and Hestia. 
uh, which are, I guess, the white flowers only that are represented by those gods and goddesses. The powers are used for expansion, growth, protection, life and death, the spirit world. Interesting. There it is. Life and death in the spirit world connection there. Love and psychic ability. It is used for love spells, protection spells, exorcisms, aromatherapy, okay. uh, beauty magic, body care, magical or otherwise. It's used for different crafts and recipes like facial toner, tea, honey, ice cream, syrup. You can use the, the wood to make wands, runes, staves. You can plant them as a garden and home boundary. They can be used for incense, dessert garnish. And the magical virtues are renewal, apotropic, warding, banishing, death, and mourning. And then in the Scott Cunningham book, it says that the magical uses, the lilac drives away evil where it is planted or strewn, which is why I'm guessing that people use it as a home boundary. I love it. It just amazes me how like fucking smart we are sometimes. We're like, it seems like it's connected with death and life and transition. Boom. There it is. Boom, there you go. And it says, in New England, lilacs were originally planted to keep evil away from the property. And the flowers, when fresh, can be placed in a haunted house to help clear it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so there you go. So this little bit of lore is from AnnaFranklinHearthWitch.wordpress.com. And we'll link this below. But Anna says, The sweet scent drifting across the evening air in the garden tells me that my lilacs are starting to bloom. A brief gift, as they only flower for two or three weeks. It is a very short bloom span, which mm-hmm. sucks because they're so they're so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes on to say, to me, there is something in that that stirs the blood. For the lilacs are a sign of renewal and the year opening up and the perfume carries with it the promise of things to come. The drone of hummingbees, lazy, balmy days, and the taste of heady lilac wine. Ugh. Lilac is used by modern witches for warding magic. To protect your home, plant a lilac near your door, plant a vase of lilac flowers in the windows, or use macerated lilac oil as a protective barrier smeared around the beading of your window frames. To prevent negativity entering your door, scatter lilac petals on the doorstep. So this goes a little different than what we read before, how it's saying it's bad luck to bring lilac into your house. She's saying use it around your windows, use it as protection in your home. Plant lilacs around your property to protect those inside its boundaries. Planting lilacs by your front door keeps negative energy from entering your home. Okay, so this is going back to greenmanmeadows.com. Bringing cuttings into your home is supposed to help banish negative energy and spirits, except for some superstitions in certain parts of the UK. It was felt that white lilacs were too close to death and were very unlucky, unless it was a five-petaled white flower, which were considered extra lucky. Like a pentagram. Yeah, or a four-leaf clover. Although it doesn't have the five points, it still represents luck all the same. Lilacs were commonly placed inside coffins to cover the smell of death, much like gladiolas and other funeral flowers, which I guess they switched over to other kinds of flowers in today's society. Probably because the other flowers had like a longer growing season. You know what I mean? Yeah, lilacs are like here and then they're not. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to- If you want lilacs at your funeral, you better die at early spring. (laughs) <laughs> exactly exactly you'll get those fresh cuttings yeah. so yeah 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 so hanging lilac branches over a newborn's crib was said to encourage them in growth knowledge and wisdom especially in russia 
blooming lilacs show up for a short period during the spring, typically between Beltane and Litha, which is between May and June. Much like honeysuckle, dandelions, and forsythia, lilac contains spring energy and helps to jumpstart your life. Use it to give yourself a motivational boost or a mental or physical spring cleaning. Or use as an energy charge for your job or new business venture. Lilacs are commonly used for spells involving exorcisms, banishing negative energy, love and lust spells, as well as protection spells and spells symbolizing the balance between life and death. There it is again. I'm telling you there what. There it is. Amazing. It is. We're amazing. Um, Alice knew what the fuck she was doing here. I know. She, she did she her knew. research. She did her research. She, she totally. knew that shit. She's like, hmm, life and death, Jimmy. Hmm, life and death, Jet. Hmm, life and death, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Lilacs. Yeah. All right, so they can also be used for love and beauty. They're used a lot in, I guess, beauty regimens. Well, this says love and lust spells. Lilacs are best for short, fleeting summer romances or flings. We should add that that song to our playlist. Summer loving happens so fast. That'll be our lilac song. You, I'll do that right now. Adding lilac to oil to your wrists or behind the ears helps to draw love your way. You can also use lilacs for a spell to bring the fun and light back into a relationship. Medicinally, to combine medicinal uses mentioned earlier, as well as magical ones, lilacs infused in witch hazel. It can be used as a facial toner to promote beauty, glamour, and attracting love. Wrap and dry lilac bundles to make your own incense smoke bundles. Combine with rose, lavender, and sage to use as a love incense. Use the wood from the lilac to make wands, staves, or runes. Lilac wands are good for banishing evil or negativity, raising psychic energy and vibrations, and attracting love. So that was a little bit more from the Green Man Meadows, and now we're going to jump on back to Anna Franklin Hearthwitch, and she goes on to tell us a little bit more of the lore, and I guess the gloom of winter. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh, sure. So just as the energy of spring drives away the gloom of winter and brings regeneration to the land, the spring blooming lilacs drive away negative energies, replacing them with the power of renewal and new beginnings. When you're trying to shake off situations and feelings that drag you down or hold you back, the energy of lilac can help. Take lilac flower essence or a cup of lilac tea to unblock stuck energies and shake off your hibernation and move into new growth and self-realization. Oh, lilac tea? Yes, ma'am. There are a number of ways you can use lilac in spell work and ritual depending on the purpose or intent. So you can try a few of these to get started. You can blend some lilac oil. Start with about a cup of dried flowers. Freshly picked ones can go rancid if you use them in an oil. So place the dried flowers in a large jar. Cover with a neutral carrier oil like grapeseed, sunflower, or jojoba oil and place a lid on the jar. Allow the blend to infuse for six to eight weeks. Once it's done, strain out the flowers and use the oil in protection magic or love spells. This is also what you can put around your door or windows. If you have a lilac bush on your property, harvest a branch to use as a wand. Lilac wood is fairly dense and solid and lends itself nicely to wands and other magical tools such as staves and runes. Lilac blossoms are natural astringents. They dry things out. Place a cup or two of slightly wilted flowers in a jar and fill with witch hazel which also is very astringent. Allow it to steep, but that would be, that would smell so good. Yeah. Allow it to steep for a few days, then strain out the flowers. Use the lilac and witch hazel blend as a facial toner to keep your skin looking healthy and fresh all summer. 
dab a bit on your wrists when you're getting ready to go out to attract a new lover your way. I'll just say about the toner, like I was just using straight up witch hazel for a long time. Like it will tone, but it doesn't add anything to your skin. So my skin was like extra dry, even though I was adding lotion. So just keep keep that in mind and uh, moisturize. Moisturize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say that must feel so refreshing in like a little spray bottle. I always like in the morning or when I'm just feeling a little sleepy, I have this rose water facial toner and just like spraying that on your face, especially like in like the hot summer. That must be so refreshing to spray that on your face. Put that shit in your fridge. Smell that beautiful. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. So this kind of goes along with what you were saying earlier, like a fling. So like I've heard that lilac is good if you're looking for like like a little strange, like a little like a little short term thing. It's no long term Annie. This gives me Donna from Mamma Mia vibe living her best life in Greece, hanging out with the boys. So lilac is giving me that for sure. And like, if that's what you're into, keeping things light and carefree and no strings, lilac's what you're looking for. So this brings us to a little bit of a lilac flirtation spell. This is from themagickitchen.com. This is going to be patchouli incense. Get those sexy vibes going. Hey-o. Red candle for passion. And some lilac water. Gather some lilacs, let them steep in some water, I guess hot water, and then uh, add it to a spray bottle. Light your incense and bring your thoughts to your purpose. Light your red candle and feel yourself becoming more lively and alluring. See yourself surrounded by fun, flirty company and making yourself attractive to those you seek. This is Jillian. This is total Jillian energy. This is just Jillian. Okay, okay. You think she had a bottle of lilac spray just chilling in her bag? Totally. So once you feel the energy begin to rise, pour your lilac water into your spray bottle and infuse it with all the energy that you just raised. Spray yourself head to toe with your intention, allowing it to run down you. Don't forget to ground after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> total, total Jillian energy right there. Yeah. So we have a lilac tea for you. It sounds pretty easy. You want two teaspoons of fresh lilac flowers, one cup of boiling water. Just pour the water over the flowers. Let it infuse for 15 minutes. Strain and drink. You can add a little honey if you want. Um, and it makes a really good after dinner digestive aid. Sounds lovely does so macerated lilac oils what is macerated do you know what that means i can't i did not even know how to pronounce that <laughs> i gotta be honest Let's see especially with reference to food it means to soften or become softened by soaking in a liquid what is macerated oil macerated oils are vegetable oils to which other matters such as herbs has been added okay all right commercially available macerated oils include all of these and others Herbalists and aromatherapists use not only these pure macerated oils, but blends of these oils as well, and may macerate virtually any known herb. So it's basically any kind of carrier oil with herbs added right to it. Okay. All right, so for a macerated lilac oil, pack a glass jar with lilac flowers. Um, it doesn't say whether they should be fresh or dried. I think I would go with dried because it said it would spoil oil, right with the fresh. Right. Okay. All right. So it says cover with vegetable oil or sunflower oil. You can use an olive oil, basically any kind of carrier. Uh, leave to infuse for two to three weeks, shaking daily. Strain into a clean bottle and you can make the scent stronger by infusing the oil a second, third, or even a fourth time. You can use it as a facial, body, or hair oil, or to any of your homemade bath or skin recipes that call for a carrier oil. Can you imagine how amazing that must smell? That would be luxurious. 
Sounds awesome. Yeah. Right. There's also a lilac flower essence. So gather a few mature flowers, float them on the surface of 150 milliliters of spring water in a bowl, and leave in the sun for three to four hours. Make sure that they are not shadowed in any way. So like full sun, we're talking. Mm -hmm. Remove the flowers, pour the water into a bottle, and top up with 150 milliliters of brandy or vodka to preserve. This is your mother essence. To make up your flower essences for use, put seven drops from this into a 10 milliliter dropper bottle and top that up with brandy or vodka. This is your dosage bottle. The usual dose is four drops of this in a glass of water four times a day. When making flower essences, it is important not to handle the flowers. It is the vibrational imprint of the flowers. You want to be held by the water, not your own imprint. Mm. So that is the whole point of the flower essences. Makes sense. Um, and then there's just a couple favorite uses for lilacs besides tea, um, which includes lemonade, infused honey, wine, which we talked about before, lilac wine, lilac jelly. Have you ever had lilac jelly? I have not. Lilac ice cream. I've never had lilac ice cream. I've had lavender ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not lilac. I'm wondering if it's that same, like, I guess, like very subtle florally essences. I wonder if the lilac is stronger than the lavender because the lavender. I was going to say lilac is not subtle. Right. And lavender can be strong too. But the lavender ice cream that I had was very, very subtle. It was really refreshing. It was really good. It was on a lavender farm. Sounds good. Um, And then lilac syrup is the last thing on this list, which my friend Heather, I believe, has made lilac syrup Cute. before. And I think she has a YouTube video on it. So if I could find it, I will link it below. Great. Yeah, she she works with lilacs a lot, I think. Oh, all right. All right. Oh, I'll have to ask her where, where that, we could find that link. Um, And then we have a little bit of a poem here. Do you want to read this, Christina? I really don't, but nope. <laughs> I guess I can try. Okay. This poem is called Over My Love, Yon Lilac Fair by Robert Burns. And he was alive 1759 to 1796. And this is from poets.org. <laughs> oh where my love yon lilac fair we're purple blossoms to the spring and i a bird to shelter there when we're on my little wing how i wad mourn when it was torn by autumn wild and winter rude but i would sing on a wanton wing when when youthful may its bloom renewed oh gin my oh gin oh gin my love where yon red rose oh roses there you go yon red rose that grows upon the castle wall and i myself a draw a drew into your bony breast to far oh there be on expression blessed i'd fest on you're gonna edit this right <laughs> i'd fist on beauty ah the night sealed on a silk shaft folds the rest folds sealed on her silk shaft saft saft sealed yeah. on her silk Saft fold to rest till fled all by Phoebus light. Woo! Beautiful. Wow. Wow. Threw in that uh, curveball there with the roses. That was pretty cool. Good old Robert Burns. Right. That was beautiful. See, so I guess lilac and rose, they're just... Are they, are they the, the Sagittarius and Gemini of the garden world? Could be. They're sister flowers. They must be. Could be. Yeah. All right. Do you want me to do wine first or do you want me to do Brasidia first? Oh. Save Brasidia for last? Um, Yeah, let's save her. I guess we'll save her for last. You okay, have okay. wine? You have stuff about wine? I have this really killer cool book about wild winemaking oh. and it has recipes for everything from lilac and different herbs to cannabis wines, like blueberry wines, apricot, rhubarb, pear, oregano, peppermint, thyme. So many. So many. So... You found lilac in there? It does. Lilac flower. 167. Lilac wine. How cute. All right. 
This is by Richard W. Bender, and they have a little blurb at the top of the page about the first time they made wine, they used too many flowers. I've since reduced the volume by two-thirds and did not care for it much. I put the wine away in the cellar and forgot about it. Twenty years later, I was looking for an old wine to be a part of a wine-tasting party, and I came across the case of this lilac wine. When we opened a bottle, I was delightfully surprised by its deep, complex flavor. While I'm not sure when the taste changed, it shows how well some wines can age over a long period. This is why I recommend putting aside a few bottles of every wine to age. Develop the practice needed to help some wines age from 5, 10, or even 20 years, and you will have a unique treasure in your cellar. So into this lilac flower, this makes a gallon, okay? So one pound of raisins, surprise, two to three quarts fresh lilac flowers, one gallon of wine, two and a half pounds of sugar, and one packet of yeast. And then it says, step one, you're going to soak the raisins in enough water to cover overnight, then chop them with the water in a blender. Combine the raisins and lilac flowers in a fermenting vessel. Next, bring the water to a boil in a large pot. Are we allowed to do this? Are we allowed to tell people how to make alcohol? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, I don't know. So just add, uh, add the sugar and bring to a boil, stirring to dissolve the sugar. Add the boiling sugar water to the mixture in the fermenting vessel, cover and let it cool. Stir in the yeast and cover. Stir twice a day until fermentation starts to show, seven to ten days. Press out the pulp, pour the wine into a second fermentation jug, and secure the fermentation lock. Check it the next day if there's a deeper layer of lease, I guess more straining needs, rack and filter the wine. Rack again every two to three months. I'm assuming there's like a text, like a context glossary in here. The wine should be ready within nine to 12 months. Let it age in the jugs for as long as possible before bottling to reach the complex flavor described here. So there you go. Oh, how cute. So, so it'll be done within nine to 12 months, but this author suggests that if you really want the the, the flavors to richen, to let it sit for two decades. <laughs> right? Nuts. Up to two decades? Oh my Lord goodness. Man. All right. All right. I really would love... My grandfather used to make wine. He has all the stuff. Yeah. I just don't need another hobby oh right yeah yeah my uncle still makes wine he brings it to uh like thanksgiving every every year how is it um it's very strong (laughs) let's just say grape or what is it yeah pretty sure grapes let's just say that we were calling my aunt fifi uncle fina (laughs) you yeah very strong very strong wine okay you should set some aside next year like just swipe some for when we can actually like I was asking if I could buy a bottle off of him. <gasps> oh, does he sell it? Sell it? Like he sell, like... No, but like, you know, just for his troubles, just for making the wine. I'll be like, hey, oh, yeah, yeah, hey. yeah. That's nice of you. Let me know if you do. I'll slip you some Venmo. <laughs> All right. And then to wrap it up, unless you have more, we have Brasidia Ryan. I do not have more, but okay. I'm sure we will retouch on the lilac a little bit when we get to our rose episode because they are so intertwined, it seems. Yes. All right. So this is the Ultimate Dictionary of Dream Language by Brasidia Ryan. So if you dream of lilacs, you will be invited to an event within three days that you do not want to miss. Make sure you mark this on your calendar because during this time period, you will have so many other events occurring, you may overlook this one. You will reap major benefits by being present at this event. Good luck is with you. Connected to luck. Oh, how about that? I wonder what event that might be. Hmm. An exorcism. <laughs> An exorcism. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So yeah, beautiful flower, beautiful uses. It just smells amazing. And I can't wait till they bloom here. I really can't. We got maybe a few months left. 
but oh i can't wait lilac season and enjoy their lifespan when they're here because they come and they go so quickly mm-hmm. spring i feel like is i guess all seasons i don't know winter here seems to last for fucking ever mm-hmm. i wish fall and end spring were a little longer mm-hmm. you know just like life so fleeting and summers seem to lag too like winters and summers feel like forever but fall and spring are so fleeting and i yeah, feel I like that. i wish they were I, just last a little bit longer you know yeah i do yeah there's a tiktok going around of people like i i kind of do this but people who see the months as lengths have you seen that no it's like january february march april may june july august september october or like october november december <laughs> you know okay not by much not you know not by much at all yeah yeah some months yeah. just feel so much longer like, and i know some months are actually longer than others but but some just feel like some do seem to lag all right we got fun stuff coming up for the spring i think that's all we have for you guys today though that's it um but we do have some socials for you so if you guys want to check us out on the instagram you can check us out at magnolia street podcast we're on patreon patreon.com slash magnolia street podcast uh, we have tiers ranging from one dollar to fifteen on uh, the one dollar you get a uh, shout out patreon shout out you get to vote in our patreon only polls where you get to help us decide what episode we should talk about you get christina's beautiful calendars that she makes just kind of mapping out the the month ahead showing you what episodes are coming up we have a patron perspective if y'all have input you see something coming up and you're like oh i have a story about that feel free to tell us yeah so you can get into that patron perspective thread on our discord by joining our five dollar tier and with the five dollar tier you also get our facebook community access and you'll get one facebook live a month this past month was a lot of fun. We did a little private concert, a couple songs. Oh, it was so fun. Yeah. Also, the patrons, you guys are starting to help us figure out what songs we want to add to our MSR playlist for those episodes and just help us make some decisions mm-hmm. that me and Christina are kind of up in the air on. So it's nice to have you guys in there on the patron perspective mm-hmm. and our Facebook Live so we just get your input about what direction you, you want to see this going. So it's important that we have your input on that. Then the $8 tier is our song episode tier. Also, any kind of bonus episodes we have, we'll throw up in there. Any kind of additional audio visual content, all of that goes up on the $8 tier. And then we we just released our $15 Marco Polo app tier. If you guys want to talk to us on the day-to-day, we can send each other little video uh, messages. <laughs> what did you call me? Kronk? The poison. The poison for Cusco. This is my name now. He's cr- his name's Kronk, isn't it? You're pulling, pulling a Kronk again. Justina's just being Kronk again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else? You can email us at Magnolia Street Podcast with any inquiries. And also, please hang out. Go check out our here. It's called hero.page. That's where we put all of our sources and all of our links that we use for our show. Anything, almost everything, anything that we've mentioned is over there. You can find our Spotify over there, Goodreads over there. If you can't find something, it's either on our Koji or the hero.page and it's all linked below. Yeah. And the hero page is organized by episode. So if you really want it to tickle your Virgo bone, you can head to your favorite episode. If you want to know more about that episode and all the links will be there in a nice, concise, little organized, little, little list for you. Even our MSR episodes, all the music we list on those episodes will be in there as well. Like the music videos and a little more visual material. So it's a lot of fun. Totally. And lastly, if you like these episodes, be sure to tell us, leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts and a star rating on Spotify. We love hearing your feedback and your ratings help bump us up in the algorithm so more Practical Magic fans just like you can find us. I think that's it, my friend. That is all we have for you guys today. Thank you for joining us on Magnolia Street, and we hope 
you come back again, hang out with us soon. I'm Justina. I'm Christina. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you next, next time. time. At that house down the street. At that house on Magnolia Street. Would you go down to Magnolia Street with a wisteria girl? I had to go and change my shirt. <laughs> oh my god, that's <laughs> sweating so soaked. It's like you did a full-on workout while you were telling that story. <laughs> Killed it. <laughs>